Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They're the end crowd. We're the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from. We let our colors show where the numbers ain't. We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Keller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show. Now, here's Mike Keller. I will get Welcome in on a Monday afternoon. Didn't want to not watch college basketball yesterday, but I didn't watch college basketball yesterday. In theory, what I wanted to be doing was watching an elite game at Madison, an elite eight game at Madison Square Garden in New York, where Wisconsin would have had the chance to uh, go head to head with South Carolina yesterday, but it was not meant to be. And as we start to kind of run down that litany of kicks in the gut, the heartbreaks. If you want to just do it with Badger basketball, the three that jumped to the forefront would be Friday night at Madison Square Garden in the loss to Florida. It would be the Monday night loss two years ago, uh, two years ago and a week from now, uh, in Indianapolis against the Duke Blue Devils. But it wasn't a a heartbreak on a final shot. It was final minutes. And the Kentucky game a year before in the final four. Now, certainly there are others, but I think Wisconsin has had more of its moments in which they've, uh, they've they've had good moments. Uh, the Xavier game a year ago, the win against Kentucky two years ago in the Final Four, uh, they've had those moments that, that come from behind win against Michigan State in the Big Ten title game in that Final Four year run. But shoot, if, if you are a fan of these teams, the, the Green Bay Packers and the Wisconsin Badger men's basketball team have given you... Um, some heartbreak, you know, and if, if you don't put yourself out there, you don't feel it. Now, I'm sitting next to a guy on Friday night at Madison Square Garden in New York City, Jeff Patrikas, who's not heartbroken by that because he's not invested in the same way that many of us are as a fan. You know, Drew will join us in an hour. He's not invested as many of us are as a fan. He sees it objectively, and that objectivity doesn't allow his heart to get in the game. For many of us, our hearts are in the game, and our hearts were broken on Friday night, uh, without question. You know, there, there was a heartbreak with Wisconsin football in the way they lost the Big Ten title game. Uh, you know, there there are a few of them. There there are many to go around. So I'm I'm happy to be back to talk about it today. Uh, I wish we were talking about something a little bit different, but I had a a spectacular seat to one of the great games I've ever seen in my life in person. Uh, it just uh, it had the last second ending and going the wrong way, where I'm concerned. 
Mike Heller with you in studio. I'm joined by John Audi. Say, John. Hey, fellas. What's up? I've determined that I cannot watch another tournament game at a certain bar that I have the last two years. Heartbreaking Wisconsin losses. Nigel Hayes turnover versus Notre Dame. Led to an easy basket and an Irish victory. And, of course, what happened on Friday night. I just I came to that conclusion seconds after the Badgers lost. Such a heartbreaking game because there's there was a great moment that happened with Zach Showalter. And... It uh, got overshadowed in the nightly, you know, nationwide coverage. Not by Badger fans. They're going to remember it. But, I mean, yes, you see this Showalter shot. They do show it. But the one that everybody was talking about nationally was the other guy's shot. Not Florida. I don't even want to say his name. His, you know, his nickname Chris is... Chris Chioza? His nickname's Cheese. Cheese. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. So, uh, we're going to have plenty of time for your phone calls. Zach Showalter will join us live on the program at 3.55. You want to mark that down, 3.55. This is the Big Two at 2. The top two trending sports stories this hour. Number two. So how will you remember that Zach Showalter shot? He's looking and looking into Showalter at half court. Showalter puts it on the deck, runs it up. Good! It's a three with 2.1 to play. And the game is tied in New York City. They will review it to make sure that he was behind the arc. Nigel Hayes. And Florida's in foul in these situations. They switch everything. Showalter. It was it was an uh, oh my goodness moment, uh, one of the more spectacular I've ever seen. We, we'll always remember the Ben Brust half quarter uh, against Michigan that sent it to overtime at the Kohl Center. Uh, it's a regular season game. This is in the NCAA tournament. We'll remember Bronson Koenig's winner against Xavier. It was in a tie game. Uh, it's going to go to overtime if Bronson's shot doesn't go in. It was such a cool moment because not only was it in a Sweet 16 game, a comeback, tying the game, blah, 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 a, a, a running, leaning type of three. Um, so it was unique in the sense that it wasn't just a normal type of jump shot. But then he does the championship belt. He does the discount double check, and he points at Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers in the stands going crazy and tweeting about Showy. It was such an awesome moment. Oh, it was so cool. And it's and they lost. So I always remember that moment, like, oh, that was such a baller move. That was such a baller move by Show Walter. He was just like pointing at Aaron Rodgers, hitting threes at Madison Square Garden in the tournament. Everybody's watching him, like the double hail mary for Aaron Rodgers to Jeff Janis at Arizona, in which they lost. Yeah, there four you go. Plays later in the overtime. It's a good way of of looking at it. You're always going to remember that, but you're always going to remember that they lost as well. Number one. All right, so there's a ton of what ifs in that game, but here's the question I'm asking: What? What if, in the Badger game, frustrates you the most? So of all the what ifs, which one frustrates you the most? Um, I think, well, frustration. I, 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 let, me, I, let me give you a couple. What well, if they had made their free throws? What if they I'm had not, intentionally missed the second? Uh, right, what if yeah, they had yeah, defended yeah. the play better or differently? What if they had called a timeout to try to set up their defense? Well, I think what the, if they hadn't the, given up three-point free throws? The easiest what if is to say... Um, that you should have defended the final four seconds differently. And, and I think there are a couple of factors at play. One, uh, you could argue that they should guard the inbounder. Uh, two, 
uh, Nigel Hayes uh, needed to try to early turn Chioza so Chioza didn't catch and turn the corner. Three, that uh, Demetric Trice gets in Nigel's way. And Nigel has to short step it that allows Chioza to turn the corner on him to get a shoulder in front of him. And Demetric Trice, when he cut off Nigel just a little bit, then ran away from Chioza. He ran towards Canyon Barry. But I, it, so we could do the final play, and absolutely you can and should. Uh, it wasn't defended in the right way. And I think, um, I don't know if Greg Gard would have had it back again. I think, you know, you, you might take the time out. In real time, I don't know that you take the time out to allow Florida the opportunity. I know this. I don't know a uh, logically thinking coach that says you miss the second free throw on purpose. Not with four seconds. With two seconds, absolutely. With less than three and a half, probably. I don't know what that magic number is, but not with four. A lot of bad things can happen with four. But here's if I were going to pick one, John, it would be the the touchdown pass thrown to oh, that's a good one. Khalil Iverson because Iverson didn't feel Barry on his hip or he, he had to get his feet right, but he could explode through that and not allow for the block. And then if you want to further the tape there, they come back the other way and Khalil gets off balance and gets beat badly to the rim on the basket that ties it. Yeah, and so I've, he had a bad 15 seconds. Totally forgot about the Iverson breakaway. There was a play similar to that. Was it Kentucky, North Carolina yesterday late in the game? It was a breakaway, I believe it was, for North Carolina, and there was a simple pump fake. Now, obviously the player felt the defender chasing him from behind, but it was a simple pump fake and a lay-in, and it reminded me a lot of what could have been a what-if with Iverson. I forgot about that one. To There's me, two trailers, so a pump fake wouldn't have... It might have worked on Canyon Berry, but it, and you don't want Khalil shooting those free throws, by the way. He's shooting. He's a line-drive shooter. Um, well, looking back, I would have loved to see him try well, free throws instead yeah, of getting blocked. No, yeah. I get it. I yeah. get it. Um, but I don't think he felt the defender coming no, I don't because think he Khalil knew. can. He could have leapt through the top of Madison Square Garden yeah. on that. I mean, he's, that's what he's I was waiting the for. The most explosive jumper on on the roster. That's what I was waiting for. Um, for me, and um, for my biggest what if is the free throws. Uh, they were nine of fourteen in overtime at the free throw line. Now that's right at about their season average. So you say, well, John, that's that's what you expected out of them. That's what they average this season: sixty four percent from the free throw line. Yeah, but I needed them to be better. Yeah, and so that, that's my biggest what to, if. To expect them to be different than what they were is a bit unrealistic. They were better in this game than their season and, average. And 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 by the way, no one's expecting fourteen of fourteen, but. You know, 10 of 14 might have been the difference, you know, instead of Uh, 9 of 14. So for me, my biggest what if is that. And even, um, you know, the star of the game, the guy who won me an Ian's pizza bet, Nigel Hayes, kind of pointed that out when asked about the free throws. He says, I make one or two more of those in overtime and nothing matters now. And so as much as I wanted Hayes to make the final free throw, which he did, there was part of me that said it would be okay if you missed it, like, it's a, it's not going to be the worst case if you miss it because now you have the other team scrambling. No, but. no. My point is is that I would not, and so many people had suggested on the local post game show that carries in Milwaukee and Madison that I hosted from Madison Square Garden. So many had uh, had suggested that he should have missed the second free throw on purpose, and I'm just I'm I'm just saying this: if you send Nigel to the free throw line after the first free throw. Like, maybe you take the timeout after the first free throw, and you have that philosophy that says, we're going to miss the second one on purpose. It's Nigel shooting the free throw. 
What if Nigel trying to miss it on purpose doesn't even hit the rim? I mean, we're talking about a guy who shoots it at 60%, right. and now you're going to tell him to miss it on purpose? Uh, I, what if he doesn't hit the rim? Now Florida gets an inbounds play down a point. Now, you know, you could get a layup and lose. Or if you miss it on purpose... The, would they have to go the length of the floor still? Well, yeah, yeah, they don't get to advance it. Okay, well then, they didn't get a layup in the other scenario that presented itself. I don't think they would have well, gotten a layup. they did it on a dribble. You can advance the ball a lot faster off of a pass. So... I still haven't found a coach that is willing to say, like a coach that coaches, that that suggested after the game that night or the next day that Wisconsin should have missed the second well, here's throw, the thing: not with four seconds. I don't think I would have either, but it sounds to me like you're making, I mean, you're making a case of a what if if he doesn't hit the rim. I mean, what are the percentage chances of that happening? He's a 60% free throw shooter, John. It doesn't mean he that he misses the purpose. rim. That doesn't mean that he misses. He's a senior who's played basketball all, his entire all you, life. All I'm, you've I'm, got I'm to do, pretty confident he can hit the rim. All you've got to do. No, you, you but you're No, you're worried about something that might happen one out of a hundred times. No, not even close. Your percentages are way off. You, I, I don't know how you'd ever find this. But when players intentionally miss a free throw, there's a fair number of times that they don't hit anything. They try and throw it too Define hard. Define fair. And it, I don't, John, it's just not an automatic. Okay, well, yeah, but I think you're worrying about something that wouldn't happen that often. What if, what if on the rebound you get a loose ball foul? There's something I would worry now, about. Now, if you contest the rebound at all and you get a foul call, mm-hmm. the other team's going to the free throw line to shoot in the penalty... Or if you miss it and they run it up and you try to deflect the pass or defend somebody and you foul them, now they got to hit is two and you lose. Right. You so that, that's what I would throw. The only thing you get beat on is the spectacular, and Florida beat you on the spectacular. I can't. I can't look at that and say we got beat on spectacular. We should have done something different. Sometimes when you get beat on spectacular, you say, "Damn, what Nigel did in the post game, it happens." Yeah, no, I agree they with... They should have defended it better, but I have no belief system at all that says you missed the second free throw on purpose with four seconds left. Zero. Well, here, I wouldn't give it a percentage. Well, here's the thing. It I, would be zero. <laughs> Stop talking. I agree with you. I agree with you, Mike. But here's the thing. I don't think it's... Like, I don't... I wouldn't just dismiss that that idea and, say, and say, like, nope, that's, that's because... There's you. You mentioned those scenarios. There's also a scenario that Florida gets the rebound and bobbles it. There's a pass. There's another pass, and now they got like beyond you know past half court. You know the bigger for issue, honestly. I mean, we, because we ignore it now. The bigger issue, if we would have been dissecting the end of regulation from the Florida perspective, how in the world do you not foul Zach Showalter when he's off balance? When Showalter gets the ball in near half court and starts to dribble towards, and he's leaning forward. Just push him over. They can't lose the game if Showy gets fouled out there. That's the, we, We'd be having a field day with that. But the concept of missing that free throw on purpose, I'm not buying into it. And I know some of you are, so go ahead and light it up. 877-729-1070. 877-729-1070. We'll talk about those moments that mattered and what one play would you have changed. This is the Mike Heller Show. I'm saying, and we agree. This whole break. Oh, what? I, I'm not going to fight you on this all day. 
could. Wisconsin had one timeout remaining. There are four seconds left in the overtime. Nigel Hayes had already made the first free throw to go up by a point. And Florida doesn't have a timeout remaining. So then the strategy or the question that comes into play is what do you do? Do you take a timeout after the first free throw? Essentially kind of icing your own free throw shooter uh, to set up how you would want to defend and to, uh, you know, to, to figure out if there is any intent to miss the second free throw on purpose. And I'm not a buyer of that. Um, I, I, like you, John, thought this. I, after he made the first free throw, I'm okay either way, but not on purpose. If, if he missed the second free throw, I would have thought, well, you're, I think you're going to be okay, but I wouldn't miss it on purpose because I, I, I don't mind getting beat. I mean, I mind getting beat, but if you beat us on spectacular, good on you. And if, if he makes the second free throw, you get to set your defense anyway because they're going to hold the ball for a second and you're going to be allowed to get your guys where you want to get them defensively. Well, I suppose if I were going to be bothered by something that happened on the inbound, it's that uh, Coach Guard was moving Demetrius Trice, and Trice didn't really know where he was supposed to be or maybe how he was supposed to be responsible for defending on the inbound. Because initially Trice is lined up near the midcourt stripe, and Greg Guard is frantically getting him to move down. And he does. He moves down and he stands uh, back to the inbounder, near the Wisconsin bench. He's fronting, and I think it was um, Kayvon Allen. I think he's fronting Allen. They kind of fronted and backed him. And Nigel Hayes had Chioza, um, who was lined up to the uh, opposite of the player's bench, running the baseline. And Chioza's fast. They talked about it when I did player interviews the day before. Uh, one of the guys who talked about it said, you know, he's the fastest guy they've ever seen. Well, if he's the fastest guy you've ever seen, then you have to have somebody that can meet him near the midcourt line to change his direction, and nobody stepped up to meet him. They're all guarding the pass. He got to the three-point line, jumped in the air. I was watching it again today um, with one point something left. So he doesn't release it to about one second or maybe a little less than one second. He's in the air with one second, I guess is my point. Yeah. He gets to the three-point line, has enough time to jump, and he's like, <laughs> he's basically shooting a... A free throw. Yeah, the ball leaves his hand at the yeah. free throw line uh, while he's in the air. But he got there in like rule. three yeah. seconds. Like three yeah, seconds to his it, jump. It, it, and, and Nigel needed to be um, he needed to be quicker on his chase across the baseline. And then I'm just telling you, Demetric Trice cut him off and Nigel had to short step it. Once Nigel had to short step it, Chioza's beyond him. Then somebody else had to step. Now Ethan Happ could have stepped up. He was in the defensive paint right in the middle of it. And he, you know, I don't know if they're worried if he was fearful of committing a foul, stepping into the play, but somebody else needed to move or change the route that Chioza took, and nobody did. Eight seven 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 two nine ten seventy. We're trying to figure out what, what if are you most frustrated about? Understand this: every coach in the world will tell you you advance the ball faster with the pass than you yeah. do the dribble. So the the thought process is Chioza on the catch going forward could fire off a chest pass that you're going to have plenty of time for somebody to you know, either catch it inside the arc and get a better shot. But once he was to midcourt, now you got to leave wherever you are because a pass and a shot aren't going to happen anymore. Now it's going to take too much time. Rich from Evansville called the Mike Keller Show. Hi, Rich. Hi, guys. Yeah, Mike's right. I, I think when uh, guard saw that Trace was floundering before the ball was inbounded there in the last play, he probably should have called a timeout and straight out 
straighten out the freshmen. But, uh, you know, he didn't. That's it. But uh, I'll tell you, one of my biggest uh, problems I had was the two fouls of the three-point shots, one with less than with like a second left on yep. the shot clock, and the other one was two seconds left in the half. And they struggled a good three-point shooter that was struggling the whole tournament. So then he goes to the line, he makes six free throws, he gets his stroke back. Oh, he only scored 35, didn't he? He did yeah. score 35. Yeah. They did not have another player. In and one phase. more comment, and then I'll let you go. These people that are on Nigel Hayes for not for, for making two instead of missing that last one, they're asking because this guy, I mean, he worked his butt off the last 10 games of the year. He struggled all year with free throws. People are on his butt for that, and now he makes them, and they're on his butt for that. Yeah, can't win, Rich. Can't win. Especially the last two. When you but lose, he, you can't win. He did miss four Write in that overtime. Down, John. When you lose, you can't win. I uh, know. I'm. I'm all. About, I was on the Nigel Hayes. He won me an Ian's pizza bet. He scored the most points of any Badger in that game. I thought he would, and uh, he was big for them. You know, getting to the free throw line. He made seven of fourteen. He missed four in overtime. And my biggest what if, and I just wish one or two more free throws would have been made. I'm not asking them to shoot. You know, hundred percent in overtime. What were they? What did I say the number was? Nine of. They were twenty of thirty in the game. Twenty of. Thir- Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. 30 in the game, and in overtime, they just went there a ton. I'll, I'll find it here during the next call at 877-729-1070. It is Jeff from Jefferson. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Good. How are you doing today? Good. So just a point on the Nigel Hayes uh, free throw, should he or shouldn't he have missed it. Um, I coached youth basketball for a number of years, and this is just a total philosophy difference, but our thing was always in that situation to miss the free throw because you create chaos. Because our team, you could, you're, you're able to practice an inbound play with under four or five seconds. So, and you can, you can practice it over and over again. So um, Florida knew what they were going to do in that situation because you can practice it. You can't practice a missed free throw because you're not really sure which way the ball is going to go. What we used to do is we take two defenders, like playing two deep safety football, at the center court, have two guys in the block, you miss the shot, Whoever gets the rebound, you stand, you keep your feet planted, you raise your hands up, and just try to create a moment of indecision. Because Only because, like I said, you can't predict which way the ball is going to go. But you can practice an inbound play off a made free throw with under five seconds. Jeff, okay. I, Jeff I, don't mean to, I'm, I'm not, I don't mean this negatively at all, but it, it's, we're talking about youth basketball versus college basketball. Let me ask you this question. Today, 
if Wisconsin had taken a timeout after the first to have Nigel intentionally miss the second and set up the defense you're talking about, and then one of the Badger players had tried to defend a pass off of the rebound and got called for a foul, and Florida hits two free throws with .4 seconds to play. What do you think this... We wouldn't have enough phone lines in the state to cover the calls that would come in and say, what in the hell are you doing missing a free throw on purpose where you can get beat in a penalty situation? Yep, you're right. That's tomato or tomato. I was just telling you that our philosophy was on, and in youth basketball too, um, I think you made a point about an air ball. We had that situation like maybe three or four times. It never worked out bad for us, and I never had a kid, um, like an eighth grader, miss the rim or the entire basket on an, an intentional miss. So... I think that's what it comes down to. I like Mike. I think we both agree. Let's just let's just make our free throws now. If it happens to come organically, no, 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 no. wait, 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 wait. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. If it happens to, yeah, if you happen to miss the second one just because you just missed it, okay, we're fine because you have a one point lead, and we'll just see what happens. Um, but for me, like, I guess I'm not. I would have been open to the idea. Like, if I'm Greg Gard and I'm like talking to my assistants, do you think we should? Should we call time out here? Should we set something up? I would have been open and listening. And like that last guy who called, it's it's kind of a philosophy. Now, obviously, if that scenario had played itself out, that's all we would have been talking about. Agreed. Yes. But oh, but whew. another scenario played out, and it's all we're talking right, about. But I mean, one is one is organic. One is missing you can it take with one intention. better. You can take one better. You can yeah. take just getting beat beaten on a crazy drive three throw it up floating three joe from madison hi joe how are you good good what's on how your are mind? you good uh first of all i'd like to make the point that greg guard has really done an outstanding job coaching but i knew the butt was coming coaches, but both coaches lost this game individually in their own way like you said the coach should have fouled show Joe Walter before he got that three-point shot off. And then Greg Gard, Greg Gard has done a great job, but he's never been down to the final eight or four teams like Bill Self, Coach K, Bill some S- of the big-name coaches, <laughs> okay, all right. and they know how to finish off games. And Bill Self does not know how to finish off games, but I'll just let that one go. So what was the, what was the move that Gard made that, that bothered you? I don't think missing the free throw or making the free throw is important at all in this situation. I think that, that calling a timeout and setting your defense would have been the best and, scenario. And half of the country says, you take a timeout, you allow, you allow Florida a full timeout break. Now Florida got a free timeout. Inbound. Florida got a free timeout. Yeah, I would have been questioning that. I mean, I, I totally get what you're saying, right? Like, hey, we are going to make sure we know what we do so we can advance to the Elite Eight. Here's but at the same time, then Florida's saying, okay, hey, we just got a freebie. Here's what I would have done to the previous caller's point. I'll tell you when we come back. Previous caller made a great point, Jeff did, in Jefferson. and I think it was Jeff. And I'll reiterate that. Plus, I had a challenge. John challenged me. And I'm going to tell you how I succeeded in the challenge. We'll get to those points when we come back on The Mike Heller Show. I think you don't have a heart if you don't feel bad for Oakland Raiders fans today. Fans, uh, lifelong fans in that city have been kind of played a number of times when the Raiders moved to L.A. and then back. And now 
officially on their way to Las Vegas, Nevada. And I do. I feel badly for the fans. Uh, and there should have been a way to get some kind of a deal done to keep the team in Oakland. But it's a money grab. It's a financial grab. It's a more lucrative market deal uh, to be in Vegas, apparently, and uh, and a stadium issue. So there they go. And uh, that it's too bad for fans in Oakland. Uh, Vegas is easy to get to, but they are powerless in this situation, powerless to to make anything happen. And now the National Football League, uh, with the ownership approving that move earlier today, so that's inevitable. We'll get to more on that a little bit later in the program. Talking about what you would change if you could, what happened in the Badger basketball game on Friday night in Madison Square Garden in New York City. Uh, It was one of the spectacular games I've ever seen. It was just incredible. But it ended. It ended in the in the forty fourth minute, forty four fifty nine into that game. Uh, it, it ended in spectacular fashion, and it ended in favor of the team that we don't root for. What were you going to say about, coming into this break? You you teased something that I was pretty excited for you to talk about. Well, um, one of the previous callers had made a point, and I'm I'm sitting. I'm sitting almost at mid court. Did mm-hmm. you see my seat? Did you see? I saw the pictures? pictures you posted. It's pretty nice. Dang, I'm, I've been now. This one was there. my seat. That was actually your seat. That was my right. seat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not one that I stole. Uh, so I had, I had a great view. And on the inbound, if you watch it back on your DVR, uh, if you watch that final inbound before the inbound, uh, Demetra Trice was initially lined up near mid court, <clears throat> and Greg Gard and part of the Badger bench frantically pulling him down. To uh, to kind of bracket face guard, uh, so they had a double team essentially on Kayvon Allen, mm-hmm. and I think Demetric was a was a bit confused, and it was a late pull down, and in that case, maybe at that point, I would have preferred that Greg's the coach guard or one of his assistants said he doesn't know what he's doing, take a timeout because you had the one to give, and yes, there's an advantage given to Florida, but you also then have your two-minute window to visit with your assistants and figure out exactly how you want to defend the inbound. I don't know how much Florida was going to change on what they're going to do, but from a Wisconsin perspective, once Trice wasn't in the right position, you had to pull him down late, and you could see that there was a little bit of confusion in his face. 877-729-1070 is our phone number, and Al from Wausau called the show. So easy to do uh, in hindsight, though. Hi, Al. How are you? Hello, Al. Hey there, guys. How are you? Good. What's on your mind? I know you guys are talking about that last minute with those free throws. Yes. We just lost him, I think, John. Al waited all that time and uh, because he, we held him on, you know, in the commercial break. And then we got to Al, and then his phone crapped out. You get a better phone, or maybe if you're driving around in, uh, in rural Wausau area, uh, it just went away. So maybe we'll get Al back on that. Um, but we also had this tweet Brandon sent in. Also, if you foul and you're only up one, you likely lose. Need to make both free throws there. Better D on the last play would have been good. Yep, I think that's the answer. What do you mean you likely lose? I didn't get what was... He's just saying, when I said that, you know, there's the possibility of an intentional missed free throw, and then 
you try to deflect the the, oh, the outlet pass and you commit a foul, two free throws beats you. Yeah, that would be my biggest concern yeah, for that, that strategy. That fouled. Is that all of a sudden they're going to the free throw line. Because otherwise, I mean, you're so leery and so wary if you only have the one-point lead about the potential of a foul. You're not really playing defense. And if you do happen to have a cheap foul in the last four seconds, everything played out and you're up by two, well, now the best yeah, they can the, do is yeah, just go to another overtime. Play, play yeah. double overtime. So I get that part of the strategy and why you wouldn't want to do it. Let's try Al. Uh, from Wausau again. See okay, works all right. Stuff. Hey, Al. Hey there, guys. How are you? Good. Good. I, I hear your point on the last minute and what we should have done in the free throw, and I've heard so many people talking about this. I think more of the point here is we've missed so many free throws before that point the entire game. Nigel Hayes went 7 of 14. And I, I mean, honestly, we limped our way to this game, and it finally came back and bit us in the butt, guys. I, I don't know what else to say. It was a great game, Mike. You're right. It's one of the best games I've ever seen. Yeah, and you know the the thing about this team uh, in the way they shot free throws, they actually shot them better Friday night than they had uh, on average for the season. And they they shot sixty seven percent on Friday night, about five points above their season average. Um, and, and Nigel, hit, those were clutch free throws that he hit at the end. Yeah, so, they were they're about. What, yeah, what are we they were do? a little bit. I mean, they're one miss away from being below their season average. They were they were just what they were. Right, but they're yeah. also the same essentially as Florida. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. In the game. So it wasn't, you know, both teams had the same issue. Florida was 20 of 28. Wisconsin was 20 of 30. All right? I mean, they both had the same issues yeah. in the game. But, I, I mean, you're right. And it's something that we worried would come back to bite them. Yeah. And you missed five, or you know, what, nine of 14 in overtime, including right. four misses from Nigel Hayes. That was but frustrating, kinda, watching all those you're misses You're kind of lamenting Hayes. being short. You know, I mean, it, it's it's something that you. It wasn't a coaching decision. No, but at it's, the same it's not, time, in I retrospect, also... you're not looking at it and say, "Well, if they'd have just no. done this." No, I mean, yes, you want to make the free throws, but they were who they were. Right, but at the same time, you had glimpses where Nigel Hayes was a was a guy who was seven feet tall, not a guy who was five foot three. He wasn't not this year lamenting being short. Well, yeah, just a couple of games ago, eight of nine at the free throw line. Yeah, but I mean, averages will work them themselves out. Yeah, you you know, you play thirty seven games in a season. You are who you are, and he wasn't a good free-throw shooter. Right, not this season, yeah. Correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah we agree. 
I'm just saying, it's still frustrating to see all those free throws. I know, I'm not but asking I'm, for I know, 14 but when we're 14, talking I'm about the things, 10 of 14. I know, but when we're talking about the things that you wish would have been different... I wish they would have made free throws. That's we like wouldn't even be talking about Chioza. Yeah, okay. You miss, you're, you're either you choosing not to hear my point, or no, you're intentionally your missing the point. I, I think you're missing my Whichever point. Whichever one it is. I'm not sure which one it is. I think, it's, I think it's probably you just missing my point, if I had to guess. Hmm. Hmm. Al, thanks for the phone call. Is there uh, somebody else you wanted to talk there to here, There is not anyone oh. else, oh, no. It looked, looked like you had... All right, so here's, there was a challenge uh, sent to me on uh, on Friday's show. Do you remember the challenge that you issued to me? I wanted you to get a selfie with Aaron Rodgers in the background. Oh. So what do you think the odds are that I got one? I don't think you did. Why I think would you? you would, I think you would have posted right, that. So here's the deal. At the time it happened. It, well, why? I'm worried about the game, John. I was into game coverage. I also didn't take a selfie with me and Katie Holmes, who was sitting just a few rows behind me. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Katie Holmes, huh? Yeah. I also didn't do that. I didn't go get a selfie with Andy North. I didn't go get a selfie with we Rick Barry. right next to uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers and Andy North, that crew was sitting uh, across from Badger Bench, the Badger Bench. I was sitting right behind the Badger Bench, so or actually near center court, but on that side. So we're on opposite sides of the court. So John's ask, his deal of, hey, get a selfie with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, challenge given, challenge accepted, challenge paid off. Uh, in the 3 o'clock hour of the program. Also, in, in an hour and seven minutes from now, Zach Showalter will join us live on the program. So, we got that going for us. And, yes, we are going to ask him about his baller move, giving the championship belt right to Aaron Rodgers in such a big moment, in such a big game. It was so cool. It was. It was so cool. At the bar I was watching the game at, like they show the replay and the slow motion of him doing the belt. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh! Everybody's just going crazy. You know, they, they it gets louder than maybe the shot. They don't show as many replays in the in the arena as you obviously get on television. And there was no monitor in front of Patricus and I. There was one at the end, but we couldn't see it uh, as readily. So we didn't see it right away. You didn't I, see the championship belt? No. Oh, you saw it probably on social yeah. media before you yes, saw it anywhere I did. else. Correct. Yeah. That's exactly what happened, John. Good yeah, call. It was so you. awesome. It was so cool in the moment. I loved it. It's such a great moment. Yeah. So I just I'm I'm gonna want votes on whether uh, on on my selfie whether the challenge has indeed been lived up to. I have an idea of what you're talking about here with this selfie. I have an idea of what you're about to post in the three o'clock hour. You don't you don't don't start believing that you have all these. I'm just ideas. saying I have an idea, and I wonder if I'm uh, if I'm correct. Well, I don't even know what you're thinking. Well, so. I could. Tell you if you want me to. We'll cover that ground when we come back to the show. Drew Olson will join us. We'll I'll pay off my selfie bet, and we'll keep going on the Mike Heller Show. They're the in crowd. We're the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from. We let our colors show where the numbers ain't. We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Keller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show. Now, here's Mike Keller. I will not get Back in on a Monday, and I'll tell you what, it's easier to come back two days later 
almost three, than it would have been had Wisconsin's loss against Florida been yesterday. And, and back in here to, to talk this today. Because time does heal some wounds. Now, this one will live. Those players that were on the court, and by the way, in one hour from now, we'll visit with Zach Showalter. Um, there is a mindset that some says, hey, you'll get over this. You will, but it never, ever, ever will leave those players. That will haunt is a little strong, but that will live with them for the remainder of their lives, those final seconds. And all of the what-ifs that we talk about, I don't know the players go through all the what-if scenarios, but trust me, players and coaches are so hyper-competitive that what they almost always remember are the losses more than the wins. And they'll remember how that loss happened. And they'll lament the moments. And Zach Showalter had one of the great moments that he'll never lament, and that is hitting the three at the end of regulation that essentially sent it to overtime. And uh, and and then the 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 classic discount double check move right after it, uh, in the direction of one Aaron Rodgers who was about three rows back, uh, directly opposite of Wisconsin's bench, and at the end of the court where Showalter hit his shot. That there's a lot of what ifs in the game, and people are going to always. I mean, it's it's the nature of sports. The second guessers are going to unite in a common cause. But which common cause are you going to second-guess the most? Do you second-guess the strategy of not taking the timeout on after Hayes' free throw, either the first or the second? Do you lament that they didn't have him miss the second free throw? Now, you can lament the missed free throws in the game, but that's who they are. So I, I, I just kind of disqualify it. I mean, that's just who they are. They played you know, all the games this year. I mean, that's, this is who they are. So, uh, and they actually shot it better on Friday night than their season average. So you could go that direction, but it's a little bit different. Um, it, it, it's asking, you know, for a team, well, if they made a couple more shots, well, yeah. Uh, and I get it. You'd love for them to be a better free throw shooting team, and they weren't. So there was that. There, there, there's a ton. There are the two three-point shot fouls in the first half that gave six free points to Florida. And not only did they give them the six points, points one was at the end of the shot clock and one was at the end of the first half clock and they did it to cave on allen who had scored 11 points in the first two games and maybe those free throws actually got him going because for a while there he was in fuego he was unstoppable so there there are a lot he was devin booker for a while so there was there was there are elements of the game that are always going to be in the what if category we'll get to more of them in a minute. By the way, I also accepted the challenge that John put out for me, and I will share that with you here in just a matter of moments uh, from Friday night's game at Madison Square Garden. And we welcome in Drew Olson. Hi, Drew. Hello, Mike. Good to be with you today. It's good to be with you. John Otis is here. He's got his white hat on. Hey, fellas, what's up? If there's anything good that came out of that Badgers loss is that I won Ian's pizza. Congratulations. Yeah, Thanks. whatever. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Yeah, wait a really big deal. Whatever. Yeah, because Nigel Hayes scored one more point than Ethan Happ. John won a pizza bet. Yep. Yep. That's how it works. There, John, I just posted it. You, if you uh, want to start there, you can. Challenge accepted. Uh, Drew, do you see, uh, if you're on Twitter. <laughs> I am. See what I just posted? John had challenged me, right? Selfie. I told you this was going to happen. John uh, challenged me to get a selfie with Aaron Rodgers. And, uh, Drew, if you'll look at your Twitter feed. I'm, I'm looking right at what it. What do you think? Yep. Um, done. Yeah. 
pretty good selfie there. Question was, uh, <laughs> challenge was issued, challenge accepted, boom. You have mad skills. Can't believe selfies are Photoshop. Or... Yeah, I can't believe you got that close. <laughs> it's so weird. Like your camera took your picture. It's like nice and clear, and then the picture be the people behind you were all like as if they were in lower resolution than what real life is. Almost oh, like they're on a TV nitpick. or something. Yeah, that looks really cool though. You want a nitpick? Go ahead. What is that thing floating right next to that guy's face? Just like a line or a bar or something? What are you talking about? There's something floating in midair right behind you. That's strange. What is uh, that? I, don't, I have no idea. What, Good picture. Good picture. This is the Big Three <laughs> at three. The top three trending sports stories this hour. Number three. It's very funny, by the way. It just, looks photoshopped. I don't know why. I know. It looks just very... paying off the bet. Well, you did Paying it, Mike. off the challenge. You did it. Thank you. Challenge accepted. Yes, sir. Uh, number three in our big three at three. Hey, where do you come out with this kid reporter that was all over the uh, the, the games this weekend? Um, talking to Frank Martin, the South Carolina coach, asking questions after the Florida victory over Wisconsin. Some in the media got a little upset at little Johnny. Uh, actually, I think his name's Max. Um, like this guy, David car something he's a reporter for south carolina it says si for kids reporters cute and all but not a fan of an off-topic question at 1 a.m when beat writers okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. They're trying to pull gamers together. Dennis Dodd apparently thought it was cute, but an insult to the profession. Both have later come back on their stances a little bit after people went crazy on the internet. Here's and Drew will have a, a, a maybe a different view because he comes from a, at it from a writer's perspective and a guy who's accustomed to deadlines. But there are times in this business, and I'll put it under a bigger umbrella. There are times in this business where we are too self-important, where we make ourselves too self-important to not recognize that those those were some good moments in the coverage of this weekend's NCAA tournament games. Uh, the question posed by by the kid reporter with SI that got Frank Martin to just kind of stop in his tracks was a spectacular moment from the weekend. And I think at times we do become too self-important. We make it about us and about our jobs as opposed to being about the human interest side of the tournament. And there was some human interest at play with the kid. So I guess I can see it both ways, and I do think sometimes we get lost in our own importance. Yeah. Um, can we get a little more context of when this took place well, and where on the time-space deadline continuum Absolutely. This I've got it for you. So, yes. So, okay, I think we all agree the South Carolina question's fine, right? 
asking Frank Martin a defensive question relating it to the game. It was all good. It was a really good moment. He said that was like the smartest question anyone's asked him or the best question, something like that. The uh, the one that the the one guy from South Carolina was talking about was this was the second question to um, to Florida. This was the Florida coach or one of the Florida players. Actually, it was a Florida player. I have it right here. Um, this was the second question in that presser after the Gators beat the Badgers. Max Bonsetter, Sports Illustrated for Kids. Um, Kayvon, congratulations on an outstanding OTUN and a career night. Thank you. Um, I know you have a strong relationship with your mom. Uh, I believe she was here tonight. Uh, how much did that mean to you? Um, it means a lot when she comes to the game, um, just knowing that she can't get to all the games when we're in Gainesville. And, and her coming tonight means a lot. Let's, we're going to give Max a follow-up question real quick. Same microphone. How much credit would you give her for your career night? Um, she raised me the right way, so I give her all the credit for tonight, um, just the way that she raised me and just the young man that I grew up to be. There it is, 46 seconds. Yeah. Uh, 46 seconds. Now, here's the thing. Something like that is what you would call almost a feature-ish question. Like if you're writing a feature, you have a different goals than someone who's covering the game and trying to spin that around. I understand why guys that were kind of, quote, on deadline would be upset. They'd have been upset if that was anybody. Not a Sports Illustrated for kids, but anybody. And here's a little inside baseball for you. People who work for newspapers and who are on deadline, uh, and deadline means, deadline is deadline. Deadline is, um, it's a time where you have to have your story in for the production of the paper to make sure it's on people's doorsteps by 6 a.m. and it can get printed and there are financial ramifications, as I know, as I well know from my career. If you miss deadline, um, press operators and drivers get paid overtime, and you can cost your 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 news entity literally tens of thousands of dollars by missing deadline. And it's just not something that you want to do. If it's a technical thing and and something happens in the printing process, that's out of your hands. But if it's because you didn't produce your story or get it in, that's on you. And that's part of the reason that you know. Um, a lot of guys who write for now-dying print outlets are um, drinkers and <laughs> overweight, and they they stress eat, and that's, that's part of the, the fun of the job. That said, the other thing is that when you're at big events like that and they end late, a lot of times guys who are even big-name guys, they don't have time because of deadline to go down to do interviews, so they are watching on television waiting for anything usable that they can get. And in the NCAA tournament, when winning players are interviewed on the court or, or hung up and there's then you have the losing team come in, if you're writing and you're covering a game for the winning side, you need those winning quotes. And if that happens, it's, it's a roadblock to you. It's an impediment, and guys can get upset in the moment. Big picture, not that big a deal. A kid asks a question for you know, 46 seconds or whatever, but it delayed someone asking a question of something that you could have used perhaps more game-related, and I can understand why guys would be really, really pissed. And no one cares about what the what the media has to go through to do their jobs, but I understand why they're mad, but it looks bad to complain about it. So I always made it a thing not to really complain about it. Internally, yeah. it's something you grumble about at the bar afterwards. Yeah. And it and it it all comes back to optics, right? I mean, we talk and, about we talk about bad optics in our industry all the time. And for Dennis Dodd and the others who complained about it, 
It's bad optics. Yeah, and then, then Twitter didn't exist before, and now people can vent on Twitter when we used to just vent to each other over a beer in the press room. Yeah, I would think like maybe the moderator would know, hey, Max, we're going to get you a question. No, well, yeah, probably not. We, moderator we, had an issue there. Yeah, we're going to get you your question. Yeah. Let's and, just do it after. Like, And part of the thing is, and here's the thing, guys, because when you watch the World Series or NFL games that have and, and even a Packer game late, you get the D team because the main guys – the Bob McGinn's, they're not down there at the podium. They're like cranking at their laptops, relying on the people who are often smaller outlets. You know, a lot of times, like, you'll be stunned that there aren't any questions post game because all the writers are upstairs doing their job. And it's, it, that's an interesting thing that happened. I've seen it happen at World Series. Now, guys on West Coast Deadline have more time. Sports Illustrated guys who aren't on Deadline at all, they have to file like the next day. They. A lot of times we'll be talking to players in the clubhouse, and they're not at that podium setting. So the podium isn't usually where you get your best stuff post-game, sadly. Number two. All right, number two in our big three of three. How will you remember the Zach Showalter shot versus Florida? Mike, you were there. Uh, it, it was it was I, incredibly improbable. I, and I think if you were in Gatorland, had Florida lost the game, that would that play would have been talked about forever and ever, on the decision to not foul. Because that's always a landmark conversation when a team is up three and the other team's got the ball inside. Usually they'll say, once the clock's inside 10 seconds, then you go ahead and you would commit the foul. They had opportunity and didn't foul. They didn't foul. But the shot that Showalter makes, he's just the heartbeat of the program. And for him to do that, once it left his hands, you just felt like he's going to make that. Why? Because he is tough as nails. And he was. I mean, it was, it was spectacular. And the, the only sad thing, it's like the Janice, uh, far, or the Rodgers to Janice double Hail Mary that ends in a loss three plays later in overtime. Now, that's how this one was, five minutes of, of overtime play later. They had their hearts broken on a similar shot that was more difficult, I think. Great minds think alike. I made that analogy on the uh, Spectrum Cable Sports Roundtable today in Milwaukee with Dennis Krause and my friend Ted Perry. It's on the dustbin right on top of Rogers to Janice because it's it would have been one of those indelible greatest clutch moments in Wisconsin sports history, but they didn't win the game, and it's going to be like, oh, yeah, it's a footnote. It's a great footnote, and it's a highlight for the ages, and it's just a footnote now because they didn't hang on and win the game. Yeah, and what made it amazing was – um, not only obviously tying late game situation in the moment it was in, but then he does the championship belt on top of all that to be able to do that. Know where Rogers is in the crowd with two seconds to go in the game and hit this huge shot after a comeback and to do all that. I just thought it was awesome. And this is how it sounded, by the way, on the Badger Sports Network. He's looking and looking into Showwater at half court. Showwater puts it on the deck, runs it up. Good! It's a three with 2.1 to play. And the game is tied in New York City. They will review it to make sure that he was behind the arc. And the television broadcast. Nigel Hayes. And Florida's in foul in these situations. They switch everything. Showalter. Oh! 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 My goodness! Ah, it was so cool. I love that he did the championship belt. Yo, did you notice on TV that the PA announcer sings his three-point shots? Oh, no. Uh, I was at a on, bar. On, I didn't on hear. E- on, on every three-point. 
play that second one back again and listen in the background on the Vern Lundquist call to the, it sounds like Ricola. It's a three-point shot. Okay, here we go. Nigel Hayes. And Florida's in foul in these situations. They switch everything. Show Walter. What does he say? Three-point shot. Yeah. Is that what he's saying? Or, yeah, it's either three-point goal or three-point shot. Huh. But he it's... sings it kind of like the Ricola commercial. Ricola, three-point shot. Yeah, I never, I never so knew that. Long. How about yeah. that? All Thanks, night Mike. long. All night long, including the game winner the other way. Oh, yeah. Number one. Uh, so of all these what-if scenarios in the game, what if Nigel Hayes had made his free throws? What if they hadn't given Florida six free throw makes on three-point misses after following the shooter? What if they had played different defense? What if they had intentionally missed the second free throw that Hayes actually makes later on in overtime? Of all these what-ifs, which what-if in the Badger game frustrates you the most? So what what would the choices be? I'm, I'm putting a, together a Twitter poll question I'll throw up. Uh, missing, not missing the okay. second free throw. Iverson dunk block. Oh, yeah, that's got to be on there, too. Uh, poor D... On the game winner. Maybe I, not setting up defense? Yeah. Should have missed the second free throw or take a timeout after the second free throw. Yep. Those are the Should have you, missed it. You okay on those four yeah. choices? Sure. All right. So that that's now up as the Twitter poll question. Uh, Maybe an other. Probably should have put an other. There's only four choices. Mm. So what, I guess what I would say. I had three. No, I had, I had four. Oh, okay. You settle down over there. Uh, I, so of those, I, I'm going to. I'm going to say that I have no problem with Nigel Hayes making both free throws. I didn't like the way defense was played on their game winner, and they don't either, by the way. I don't know that I would have taken the time out to set it up. So I'm going to go with a Khalil Iverson play because if Khalil doesn't, if he felt like there were defenders on him and he explodes through and throws that, hammers that home, we're likely not in that scenario. I'm not putting it on Khalil. I'm saying if you want to go through the what ifs, I had a bigger issue with that. What if? I think that's a game-changing moment uh, because they come down 15 seconds later and get a layup at the rim to tie it, and that set up the Nigel Hayes free throws. That block is a big play. Um, what if Koenig isn't hobbled and can play healthy in the overtime and is on the court for the last play? Change yeah. things? Yeah. You know, the one thing we haven't talked about, too, is turnovers. Badgers give up a lot of points off turnovers to Florida. You remember what that official number was, Mike? You had the box score probably there, don't you? Uh, no, I don't because I went upstairs to the radio workroom when the game 16, ended. 20, they gave up, uh, Florida scored 20 points off 16 turnovers. The Badgers scored 14 off 12 turnovers. Yeah, it's a little bit of uh, what Florida is is known for. Their defense is, is awfully active and good. Yeah, and Wisconsin turned it over too many times. I understand what you're saying about free throws. This is who they were. They're basically the same team against Florida, missing free throws. To me, I, I know one of my what-ifs off the board is, what if Hayes just makes one more free throw? He missed four. They missed five in overtime. They were 9 of 14 in overtime. My biggest what-if is, yeah, I know they're bad, but what if they would have been just kind of bad at free throw shooting instead of bad? Maybe that one free throw is, I mean, you don't know how the rest of the game, what Florida might do in response to an extra, you know, being down an extra point, but... I mean, even Hayes said after the game, you know, it, it hurts because he he's thinking about what if I make one more free throw? Maybe we're not even talking about that show. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I so I get many it. things. Yeah, yeah. But what about guarding the inbound on the last play? 
Yeah, and that's a little bit in the Twitter poll question. When I say poor D on game winner, it's not about execution. It might be more about the plan, uh, the plan th- that failed. And if you want to break down why it failed, um, Hayes doesn't get the he, he doesn't turn Chioza, but Hayes also gets cut off by his own teammate Demetric Trice cutting across his face there. Demetric doesn't try to stop ball, but he does cut in front. And when he did, Nigel actually had to short step it. Chioza is one of the fastest guys in the country on the basketball court. And as soon as Nigel had to short step, take it, take two stutter steps because... It's like Trice set a screen on him. Yeah, Trice cut in front. And as soon as Nigel takes that stutter step, Chioza's passed him. So I know the people in the postgame were complaining why Nigel didn't play better D. I think he was cut off by his own teammate, not on purpose, just by happenstance. So when I say in the Twitter poll question, poor D, it's about the the style and the execution of the intended defense on what ended up being the game winner. Yeah, I'm watching that, and Trice totally cuts off Hayes and almost sets a screen for Chioza to break free and, a little bit. And Trice bit doesn't do anything court. to stop ball. He runs right by the, the ball trying to go out to get to Canyon Barry, who's on the far side of the court, which is where Trice is going. He never got there either. Yeah, he just leaves... She and what were the guys team. in the paint defending themselves in yeah, the paint? Like there's, you yeah, know, there's... Ethan Ethan Hap stayed at the paint. I understand the wings staying out early, and but as soon as the, as soon as the offensive player gets to mid court, they have to start coming in because there. I don't know that there's enough time. Well, I guess there is, Drew. There's enough time right at mid court for a, a pass, catch, and shoot. So the wings maybe can't come, but uh, Ethan's got nobody in the paint. He just he just didn't come up. It's just yeah. it happens so darn fast, uh, but yeah, there are a lot of what ifs. There are a lot of things to lament. Eight seven 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 two nine ten seventy is our phone number. We've got room for you in this hour of the program. Real quick, Paul from Sun Prairie. Hi, Paul. Hey guys, all the things that you're talking about, you know, I, you know, came to mind to me. But for me, the, the biggest thing that just kept on going back and back and back in my head was was Iverson just not slamming that thing home and getting, you know, and, and probably would have gotten the foul. Cause I, I know he didn't see him, you know, he, 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 and I also probably realized that Iverson's missed a few dunks this year, and that probably played a part of it. But, I mean, if he just goes hard and slams that thing down, and he, it's it's the two points there plus probably and one more, and it's game over. And that, that that's just what the one thing that just kept on sticking out to yeah, me. Yeah, I, I, I agree was, with you. Was, I, I watched it back um, yesterday and then again this morning, and I think – he didn't want to be he didn't want to be too demonstrative for fear of of having something bad happen. He was too careful. Yeah, he was. And you make that in such a split second decision in in the mind. And when he runs away on the home run ball, when he runs away from the opposing free throw line, he's all by himself and I think that's what he felt. When he looked up to catch the ball, he felt like he was all by himself. Nobody was chasing. And you make that decision in such a split second so i don't put it on him i just think that that was and, and give canyon Barry the credit that's a hustle block like lebron in the nba finals last year 877-729-1070 is the phone number lots of what ifs to talk about and we'll do more of that when we come back on the mike heller show So a couple of questions, and I, I don't know uh, the exact answers on this, but I do believe that the Bronson Koenig uh, hamstring 
was a cramping issue, not an injury. Uh, I, I mean, not something that would have necessarily kept him out had they played yesterday. Uh, somebody had tweeted in, would fouling the Florida player before this Chioza before he pulls up have been an option? Second overtime better than a loss. Well, if you knew that the shot was going in, yeah. But uh, yeah. no. Even then, no. 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 You would go, no. what are you doing? Let them hit some crazy wild three and like if beat you, us. If you had been yeah. to the future and knew that he was going to make the three, then you'd foul him to see if he could make two free throws. Even then, you'd look stupid because if he makes the two, then look, what the you hell did you do that for? Yeah, yeah. I need mean, to be distrust me. I yeah. just so, went to the future. Yeah. Now, no. if the Badgers had been up three, absolutely foul. And teams don't do that enough when you're up three. Foul. Florida should have done it at the end of regulation. Damn straight. Yeah, because the game doesn't Should've go to overtime. Should have fouled Showalter. Yeah, that, that was a horrible... And teams just haven't figured that out yet for whatever reason. But the Badgers didn't do anything wrong in that regard. You don't foul the guy intentionally, no. Yeah, and by the way, we had two people who tweeted uh, in just within the last commercial break about fouling them before they could shoot. Make them make two free throws to send it to a... No, And I think it's such a crazy concept. Really? Are you kidding me? I think it's crazy to miss the second free throw on purpose, but to foul the Florida player on the inbound to make them make free throws instead of a, a potential game-winning three, and the two free throws sent it to a second overtime? Are you crazy? This is what happens when you lose a game like this. People start getting a little bit, they're just trying to grasp for anything. They're like, well, what if we would have done this? Well, what if we would have done that? Maybe we would have won if we did this. Or what about that? Yeah. I think that's what's happening a little bit here. In the, in the what-if scenario, Jordan tweets in, and I didn't include this on the deal because it happened in the first half. His biggest what if is the two shooting fouls in the first half from three point range that gave six free free throws, and they made all of them. Six points uh, at the line in those situations. One in the last second of the shot clock. One in the last second of the half. I think if Showalter doesn't make the three, that's part of the story today. Is no doubt. oh man, yeah. game six free points. Eight seven 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 two nine ten seventy. Joe's calling from Verona. Hello, Joe. Hello. Hey, um. Well, that last the last play by Iverson, couldn't he have just stopped and drawn a foul? The guy was all over him. Rather than letting him block it, let him go into him, you know? Right. I don't think he let him do anything. I, I think that, uh, like I said earlier, I think that when Khalil caught the ball, he didn't believe he was being pursued. So he wanted to just make sure he didn't get too anxious and do something, you know, foolish like try to really hammer it home. He wanted to get his steps right, and it happens in such a split second. I don't believe, you know, they they asked Coach Guard about that in the at, in the post game whether he would have wanted him to dribble out to the corner. There's still a lot of time left in the game. You wouldn't dribble out to the corner, and you wouldn't just take the foul and go to the free throw line either because he's not a great free throw shooter at all. Um, it just give Canyon Berry credit and. Uh, that's a Khalil Iverson play that I think he'll wonder about for the rest of his life, but I don't think he felt he was being pursued. No, yeah, he didn't let him block it, and it was, uh, you're absolutely right, you got to get your steps right, and you might be too far under the basket, you got to kind of get create an angle for yourself. It's a weird play, making that catch at full speed like you, you do, It's they're not wide receivers, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're, it's it's not a pass that you're accustomed to catching all the time. Right. Yeah. Just and it happens so fast. Eight seven 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 two nine ten seventy. More phone calls coming in on the Badgers' loss to Florida, like Matt in Verona. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hi, Matt. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm uh, sort of with the last caller. I think no matter what happened prior earlier in the game. I mean, there's a million things they can point to as reasons why they lost the free throws, the fouls on the three pointers, what have you. When you're at 30 seconds left in the game, the entire game hinged on the Iverson getting blocked by Barry. Had he scored there, uh, that game's essentially over. Uh, And so no matter what happened prior to that, we got to overtime. Joe Walter made a prayer. All the missed free throws were Slate was clean, and we had a chance to go up big there with, like, 29 seconds left, and it didn't happen, and that changed the whole game there at the end. Yeah, but I will say this, Joe, or Matt, rather. If he dunks that, you're up four with 27 seconds. It's not over. I mean, it's not with seven seconds left. It's with 27. There's a ton of time, and it's, so then a, they come back. it's a four-point game. Can we go through the play-by-play here? So he gets blocked. They come back, two. and on Khalil, he gets beat to the rim. They get an easy layup with 16 seconds so, left. So 16, and we're tied, as opposed yeah. to 16 up two. Right. And and wasn't it uh, Trice that got beat on that? No, on that? It, no was it, it, was, Iverson? it was Iverson. It was Iverson. So, yeah. he, you know, getting a, scorched on that layup yeah. is as bad as getting the, your shot blocked. Yeah, he, That's had, right. he had a bad 12 seconds. I mean, it would have. Yes. I, you would have rather had that happen. I mean, we don't know if they would have won like that. It yeah, would have been no, a lot more it. comfortable. I get it. I'm just saying that no, the concept, why, concept is that it's over on the dunk. It's not is over that on why, the dunk, but, Yeah. And, is that why he wasn't in the game uh, for the last play? Um, was he not in the game for the last play? Uh, you, you may be I right on that. It don't was, look at the video. It was Hayes, uh, Hayes on Chioza, Hayes, Trice, Trice, Showalter, Hap. I think Jordan Hill was in. Was Jordan Hill in on I that? I think Jordan Hill was in on the play. I'd have to look at it again. And I mean, you might be we going, don't have DVR on the studio, so you might be going speed there. But I, I think that might have been a factor. <laughs> His bad twelve seconds might have been a factor. Yeah. yeah, and you don't need to defend the rim uh, as far as you know having a leaper in there. Um, but uh, I'll look for it and see. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have it here in a it, second. That definitely, you know, when I start to think about it, I might go vote for the Iverson miss dunk or the block dunk because, I mean, you go best. So then what? They're following you with like 14 seconds left up to and the potential to go up two possessions. 
And you keep playing that game. Yeah, it is Jordan Hill that's on the court. So the yep. five on the court are Hayes, Hill, Trice, Happ, and Showalter defensively. Uh, 877-729-1070. Greg calling from Stevens Point. Hi, Greg. Done. Good. Go ahead, Greg. Greg? Is what if the Badgers win that game? What if, What are your thoughts on Bronson's hamstring uh, and then the matchup against South Carolina? Yeah, it's it's a, a unfortunately we're never never going to get to know it, but I, I don't think I'm guessing, but I didn't think it was an injury with Bronson Koenig. I thought it was cramps. Uh, it, the top of that hamstring was it was knotted up, and then there's nothing you can do in the moment, but. Uh, hydration and all of the things that they would have taken care of in the ensuing 36 hours, which is really all it was, by the way. You, you know, at the NCAA and the networks that decided on that start time and then to ro- roll those players into the early game on Sunday, horrendous. It, that was a terrible... They always talk about, we want to make sure we're doing the right thing for the student-athletes. Hello, what was done right there? They walked off that court at about 1.30 Eastern time, back to the hotel room no earlier than 2.30 or 2.45 in the morning, and then they've got to prep for another game and play the early game on Sunday. Best interest to the student-athletes, my yeah, ass. not a chance. Terrible. Now we'll get to more of your calls. Uh, all, by the way, Zach Showalter will join us live on the program in about 30 minutes. This is the Mike Heller Show. So we had our Twitter poll question on the what ifs. What if you could change one thing from the game? And not not that the shot didn't go in for Florida by Chioza at the buzzer in overtime. But if you were going to change something, which is the biggest moment of the game, maybe? In the what if department, Iverson's dunk being blocked from behind by Canyon Berry, in which uh, then they came back down the other way, Florida did, and got a basket um, by getting around Iverson to the rim about 12 seconds later. The poor defensive setup and execution on what ended up being the game winner is another option. Should have missed the second free throw intentionally on Nigel Hayes. That's another option. Or taken a timeout after the second made free throw. Those are the four options. And I get it. Some of you have been tweeting in, how about just make more free throws to begin with? I get it. And I'm not talking about you know making more shots or something along that ilk. I'm talking about the moment that mattered the most. The the six free throws that Florida got in the first half, uh, one with one second left on the shot clock, one with one second left in the half on three-point attempts where the defender got in the air and gave them the the free shots. You know, might I also add to that, this is a little nitpicky, and it's not about the moment, it's just in general, that concept of when a pump fake gets a defender in the air and then the shooter jumps into, even if it's not the direction he would normally jump, jumps into the defender, I hate that call. Just philosophically. I don't like it. You know, the, the, the pump fake gets the defender, maybe to even go straight up, and then the offensive player with the defender in the air jumps into the defender. That is always called on the defender. I don't like it just in general, but it's a topic for another day. 877-729-1070 is the phone number. Let's go to... Madison. Ed calling from Madison. Hi, Ed. How are you? 
Hey, gentlemen. Um, angst again. I tell you, I, I equate this loss to Seattle Seahawks Packer loss because when you just think you got the game pretty much the way you want it, you live and die with every shot in that game of March Madness. It's so maddening. I sat and watched it on my little iPhone because I couldn't get it on my television. I don't have that kind of TV. But my wife and I sat up all night. I couldn't go to bed till 1230. Woke up at 4 o'clock. We lived it kind of again and again today. But I'm telling you, I'd give it to – I'd like to see the timeout. i like to have seen the timeout. I think it would have been nice to kind of – Okay, guys, this is what we need to do. Remember to do this. Touch base. Who's got who? Blah, blah, blah. I think that would that was the key for me. I think all those things you guys touched on, free throws, yeah, that's a given. Um, those three-pointers, fouls, yeah, that really stunk. But I agree with you, Mike. I hate that call, too, towards, you know, when a guy goes up, the shot's gone, and you accidentally run into the guy, or maybe you slightly touched him. Um, but I think the, I like to see in a timeout. Thanks, guys, for right, re- helping me relive yeah, the, the yeah. havoc of a Saturday, Friday night ritual watching the Badger. Yeah. But it's all good. Thanks. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate the phone call. 877-729-1070. And I'm watching the, the play, and I've watched it now, I don't know, 25, 30 times, uh, Chioza's uh, length of the court game-winning drive. On the inbound, just before they inbound it, they bring Travis Trice, uh, Demetra Trice, Travis's brother, uh, down from the midcourt stripe to essentially bracket Kayvon Allen at the top of the Badgers bench, right by the hash mark. And he has his back to Chioza, who starts at the near baseline corner from the camera's perspective. Chioza, on the, once the ball is given to Canyon Berry to inbound, Chioza runs on the baseline, and that's the first part that needed to be cut off. Nigel Hayes needed to, and he'll tell you that, he needed to play better defense to begin with. The second part of it is Demetric Trice, once the ball is inbounded, he angle cuts to go from in front of the Badger bench to the near side of the court to kind of chase down where Canyon Barry is going. In the process, he essentially screened Nigel Hayes, ran interference, not on purpose, but when he did, Nigel had to short step, and that's when Chioza gets by him. So those who want to be critical of Nigel Hayes and the poor defense, there are extenuating circumstances. One, Chioza is lightning fast. Two, Trice got in the way. Inadvertently, Trice got in the way. Don from Cottage Grove. Hey, Don, how are you? I'm doing good. What's on your mind? Um, I'm going back to the two uh, three-point fouls. Um, No one should ever... It's kind of a golden rule that you don't leave your feet. You go straight up. Uh, both Brown and Hap did jump into them. Uh, that was six given points on there on a pure shooter. Yes. Um, when, when someone says, um, oh, if we would have made just more more free throw, missing free throws are almost as part of the game as it is making it. That's something you can't really change on there. Um, when it comes down to the end of the game, I don't know whose conscious call it is. If you do call a timeout at the end of the game, not only you can set your defense, but the other team has a chance to set an offense. Yeah. So, um, in my opinion, and whether, I don't know who made that conscious decision, but you made the choice. You didn't contest them. I don't know why half stayed inside. I'm not really blaming half, but someone not just go and just stand with your hands up. He's either got to run into you or something. And they made the decision that, well, you know what? We're going to take an option that he's going to miss or he's going to make it. 
So we're all Hello, it is Ryan And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic Doing the dishes, counting your steps You know, all the mundane stuff That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games That you can play for free anytime, anywhere With daily bonuses That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hoping he's going to miss, but he made it. But that's an option, okay? Could have went either way. So I go back to, I don't care if it's a baseball season, the wins at the beginning of the year are just as important at the end of the year. You take off those six points or even half those uh, free throws that they gave him the two on a jump shot, and no one ever really boxed a three-point jump shot. Um, At the end of the game, those six points made a lot. Yep, thanks, Don. Appreciate it. And, and there's no doubt uh, the the two uh, fouls on three point shooters, both Kayvon Allen in the first half, uh, those loom large. When you, when you lose a game on a on a desperation three point shot at the buzzer, you lose by a point. Uh, yes, those free throws, six of them, they loom large. Y- you never know, by the way, how the game changes. The game does have a, uh, have a way of equaling itself out. Had those fouls not happened in the first half, are you convinced that the game, you know, doesn't get to overtime? <laughs> I mean, Wisconsin had to have an incredible comeback as it was on the Florida mistakes in the final minute and a half of the game to even get it to overtime. So Did, did Florida know. make mistakes when Canick hit some tough threes? They were contested and just tough threes, right? I yes. Mean, yeah. Florida made many shot. mistakes. They missed free throws. They had a turnover on the last possession of regulation. They go to the rim and turn it over. They don't get a shot because the the bounce pass in the lane from Chioza uh, that goes to Florida's Hayes gets deflected by Bronson Koenig, and it's a loose ball picked up by Nigel Hayes. That's when the Badgers got it to the front court and took the timeout. Uh, Florida made a ton of mistakes. They're just buried because they won the game. John, you want uh, one more call here? Chad from Madison. You got time for that, John Audius? Yeah, Chad from Madison. Hi, Chad. Hey, guys. Um, you got to call time out. Set your defense up. You're a mature team. Look at look at the Villanova game. You're, you're almost in the same situation. They trapped, and look what happened. They threw it away. They followed us. We won. You've you got to set up that defense. I, I, I don't care. It gives them a chance. Offense, okay, but, but you, you did. I mean, there was time to set your defense. If you take a full timeout, you give them the bench time to set up what they want to set up. But we're a more experienced team. Well, we're, I we're don't a know, better coach. How, well, I mean, I, you, you just got to look at, look at the Villanova game. It's the same situation. No, it's not. There's not four seconds left. It was, well, okay, 12. Sorry. Big deal. They're still, they still got to go down and shoot a three. It's the same situation. Um, there aren't a lot of people that are going to f- fall into that category that wanted the timeout. Not many. So, uh, you know, I, I get I get it. Listen, everything, w- when you have a situation like this in sports, everything is second-guessed. When, Wisco- when the Green Bay Packers lost in the NFC Championship game at Seattle, 
everything was second-guessed. Every Mike McCarthy decision from the third quarter on was second-guessed. All of them. All of them. So you get to that point, everybody, there are a ton of what-ifs. And you, you want to put it on a coach, you want to put it on a player, you want to put it on this. There, there are a ton. You know what it is? It is the drama of competition. And one team is always going to lose in that end. And it would have been Florida. They would have been kicking Mike White and his inexperience for not having his players foul at the end of regulation. It would have been this, that, and the other. In this case, I, I, te- I look at it this way. It, it, was a, it was a punch to the gut for Badger fans, big time. It's worse for the players. It'll never leave them. But on the other end of it, oh my goodness, for them to come back in that position and force the overtime, Holy cow, that game was done. The guy I'm sitting next to, Jeff Patrikas, who's been doing this a while, tweeted with about seven minutes, eight minutes left in the game, it is over. Now. He tweeted that? He did tweet that. Why would he tweet that? He knows better than that. Well, I'm just saying, people don't know better than that. Even people that cover it don't know better. I'm just going to his timeline. Wisconsin came off the deck. He t- uh, trust me, John. Oh, I trust you. I want to go read the tweet. It is three words. It is over. It is over, huh? Yeah. It just, I mean, so give this team that leadership. Zach Showalter, who will join us in about eight minutes on the program, give Zach Showalter and that team and the leadership and those guys on the court, give them the due credit for fighting back and getting up off the deck. 11.08 p.m. It is over. Over. I don't know where that is in the game. Uh, so tips at what? Oh, tip nine fifteen central. Yeah. So it's getting down to the late second half. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what the what the point where where the exact point of the game. But yeah, he he. Trust me, he took he took some flack on that on social media. <laughs> he should. Drew, what's up with that? He's it's your former roomie. Oh yeah, you know, know your ball club. Usually he's got a good handle on things, yeah. but uh, well, not in this case. So yeah, with you tweeting when the Super Bowl was over with uh, eight minutes I to play. I didn't have a horse in the race in that Patrick one. is tweeting that. What's up with you guys? Sometimes it looks like it's over, and sometimes even when it looks like it's over, it's not. And it's that's not over. the point I guess I'm making is give give this guy that's going to join us at the top of the next segment, Zach Showalter, a ton of credit because uh, especially in that final minute and then in overtime, uh, he's playing empty in the backcourt because Bronson Caney couldn't move. Zach Showalter will join us when we come back. Next hour, this is the Mike Heller Show. They're the in crowd. We're the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from. We let our colors show where the numbers ain't. We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Heller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Heller Show. Now, here's Mike Heller. I will get Welcome aboard on a Monday afternoon to our statewide audience as we welcome in our listeners on The Score in Appleton, the Big 920 in Milwaukee, the Big 1070 and 100.9 FM in Madison, and our listeners on 100.5 FM in Wausau as well, and wherever you might be listening to us on your iHeartRadio app. Welcome aboard on a Monday. We've got a lot of ground to cover. We've been doing it. 
But we've got a special guest to lead this hour that we'll introduce you to in just a moment. But as we get underway, I'm Mike Heller. That is Drew Olson right there. Hey, Drew. Good afternoon, Mike. John Audius is here. It's the white hat. Now it's the white hat backwards. Hey, John. Hey, fellas. What's up? You've changed that two or three times during the show. It's just kind of whatever feels comfortable in the moment. Yeah, but now you, it was forward. Yeah, it feels more comfortable right now backwards. Hmm. Yeah. Odd. Uh, all right, so somebody who uh, we're looking forward to this conversation, we welcome in Zach Showalter from the Wisconsin Badgers. And soon, Zach, people are going to refer to you as former Badger basketball player if they're not already, which has to be a little odd for you. Welcome to the show. Hello. What's up, guys? How you doing? Hey, first I got to tell you, shout out to Eric Church welcoming me onto the show. Yeah, you like Okay, <laughs> so you like I'm Eric Church. Fan. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's uh, it's our uh, theme music. I picked it. I like Eric Church so, a lot. He should choice. come in and do something for us, Mike, because we've been promoting his show at the BMO Harris Bradley Center coming up in a, in a couple of weeks. So maybe when he's in town, he can you know cut show, a liner for us or something. Show you're probably going. Uh, if I could get tickets now, I can take things like that. So there's the first official <laughs> the first official shout out for Zach saying, "Hey, if somebody wants to give me tickets, I can take them now." <laughs> yeah, retired life has its benefits, I guess. Well done by you. Um, the the moment Zach, let's jump into Friday night's game. The moment at the end of regulation, when you guys inbound, I, I think there's less than there's about eight seconds or so on the clock. When you inbound, did you expect that they would foul? Uh, it wasn't really going through my head. I, I mean, I, I knew it was an option, but I was just thinking of what I had to do. Um, and the play was actually for me to dribble off Bronson, um, and then we had a throwback to Bronson at the top, but he could not move. Couldn't move. <laughs> he literally yeah. couldn't move because he was cramping up so bad. Um, so, I mean, things just broke down. Uh, I was stumbling, bumbling all over the place, and <laughs> luckily found my feet, found my footing, an inch or two behind the line and just, I mean, basketball is an opportunistic game and just made the most out of that one, I guess. You weren't going to, there was nobody else open or passing wasn't in your mind once you got your feet under you? That wasn't even a thought anymore, right, when Bronson wasn't open? Well, I, yeah, I mean, there's two, there's four seconds when I was looking up and I, I had a good lane to the rim and I was taking the shot because I figured if I miss it, we're going to have a couple enough seconds on the clock maybe to tip it out and get another one. Um, so I wanted to get get a shot up as quick as possible, and lucky enough, I found found the way. But it would have been nice if we'd have pulled one out, <laughs> pulled it, one out after that shot, obviously. Yeah, and the championship belt move was that something that just in the moment you said, "I got to give a shout out to Aaron Rodgers." Take me through that. No, I, I was talking. I talked to Aaron before the game a little bit, actually. And <laughs> he told me he told me I want to see a belt, and um, obviously, I'm not just going to throw a belt on. <laughs> throw the belt on after a standard play um so i mean the way things happen obviously it's a pretty big moment emotions got the best of me and i just reacted um so i looked over gave him the belt and gave him a little point and i saw him and he was sitting next to andy north and those two just started cracking up i saw <laughs> yeah. i was gonna say he almost fell over zach you almost you almost like literally knocked him over with that well that's Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. 
See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pretty special. Um, obviously, QB1, I'm a big fan of his, and uh, it's been cool to kind of build a relationship with him over the years as he's been a Badger fan, obviously, for a while now. And then uh, with Sam being my best friend, and those two kind of have been talking, I mean, since Sam was obviously making big plays here and just to kind of step up into his, his role has been pretty special. It's one of the great moments of all time, Zach. I mean, it truly is. And then even in the overtime, um, when you guys build that five-point lead, um, it, it evaporated to the way the game works. At the end of regulation, their lead evaporated, and you hit the shot to force the overtime. You had a lead. Yeah. That evaporated. But I, I was watching you as I've watched the playback uh, a few times. Your gasp and double over when Chioza's shot goes in. Can you recall that that? instant in which you knew that it was just done yeah um this this is gonna sound weird but eighth grade i remember <laughs> i remember playing a game in eighth grade when i we lost on a buzzer beater um and that was like the end of my like my dreams were crushed right there in eighth grade um and now here we are how many however many years later uh, on the biggest stage and I, the same shot is going up through my head and it feels like the balls in the rim or balls in the air forever um and it, I just like knew it was going in from my, the angle I was standing at, and I was just thinking through, through my head, "Do not, just don't go in, whatever, whatever it takes." Um, and yeah, I mean that's just a crushing blow when I see it go through the net, and so many thoughts just instantly hit my mind, and some realizations that uh, this was not supposed to happen, and it just shock hit me right away. I guess I would say. You've been through seasons ending before, but never your last season. Like, what's the protocol? Is there, like, did you have to go get your stuff from the locker room? Did you have to, uh, you don't have to watch film of this. There's no film study. There's no practice. What, yeah. What's it like? Just ripping a Band-Aid off and you're done. Yeah, it's definitely different because um, there's always there's always that upset feeling in your mind. But then in the past years, it's always that excitement. Like, okay, now I can work that much harder this year to, to get back and get to the final game the following year. Um, and obviously now my situation is a little different, but yeah, it's de- definitely different. I got to figure out what I'm doing after school with my figure out agent. And if I'm going to keep playing, hopefully keep playing overseas. So it's definitely a new process, but, um, I, one door closes and the next door opens, I guess. You know, it's, it's funny as Drew asked that question. Um, I asked you that question Thursday in the locker room at Madison square garden. And you, you'd said that you had prepared for that part of it, that, you know, you kind of treat every game as your potential last because you had a brother who yeah. had an ACL injury. You, you've kind of seen some of that. So at least in that regard, you, know, you went in with your eyes open. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of said sometimes a little cliche saying that it could be your last game, but I honestly played like that. I felt like I never wanted to leave anything on the court. Um, and I think when you attack every day that way, you're only going to get better and your teammates are only going to get better and, I hope the program uh, improved because of that. Luke May hit a big shot for North Carolina this weekend, too, and he made national news this morning by going to his 8 a.m. class, getting a standing ovation, and <laughs> the video went viral. Um, yeah. I, I got to ask, did you have a class today? Did you go? 9.30 to 2.15. Mondays are my busy days, so it was it was pretty brutal today, honestly. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, what what is what is where are you in that process? Will you be graduating in May? What is what is next for you, Zach? Yeah, I'll graduate in May with double major in finance and risk management. Um, but like I said, I want to keep playing basketball as long as I can. As long as now that people might pay me to do it, uh, I figured I'd give it a shot. 
And and where might that be, Zach? What what are you looking at? What, who have you talked to about? Where, if you can pick where you can play, um, uh, Germany's yeah. nice, France is nice, Australia's nice. Where might you go? If I could pick, I would choose Australia. Um, but unfortunately, I don't think I can just <laughs> I can just pick. But my dad actually played in Australia uh, when he was done playing for Coach Ryan. Obviously, he went over and played in Ireland and Australia, um, and said it was beautiful. And then the other connection, I mean, there's multiple connections because Kirk Penny obviously is playing there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dimitri Trice, his brother Travis, is playing in Australia too. So <laughs> I got a bunch of people over there that have been there and have really liked it. But honestly, I think it's just I'm excited to to kind of travel and see what see what's next for me. I guess Zach, uh, who by the way, visiting with Zach Walter joining us on the Mike Heller Show. Who would we be surprised to know that you heard from after uh, bowing out on Friday night? Have you heard from Bo Ryan? Who might surprise us? Um, I talked to Aaron after the game a little bit. Um, so I don't know if you guys know Shay Serrano. <laughs> he's, a, he's a Twitter guy that I've always, he's got funny tweets and stuff like that. Okay. But I, he, one of his sayings that I've always kind of, not always, but this year I've kind of like lived by is shoot your shot. He always says that, just shoot your shot, homie. Um, <laughs> and after the game, I tweeted a picture of it and I said, Hey, Shay, it didn't end how he wanted it to, but I shot my shot, homie. Um, and he responded, and it was just pretty cool just because I've kind of been following him for a while, and I just love what that shoot-your-shot thing kind of embodies. Zach, I also got to ask, as a Menominee Falls grad, are you now an Indians fan? I know you're a, you know, a Warhawk for life, but you cheering for the Indians a little bit now? Uh, that's <laughs> tough, man. Uh, I'm a war, obviously a Warhawk for life. Germantown I have had some pretty special moments with, the, with the, that blue and gold Germantown. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to a game this year to watch my dad, but I'm obviously very supportive of him. Um, obviously, he's a tremendous coach. You guys don't get to see behind the scenes, but one of the smartest, best, probably the smartest basketball person I've ever uh, had to le- learn the game from and got the opportunity to learn from him growing up. So, obviously, I support him. I don't know if I support the colors every day, <laughs> but uh, uh, definitely, definitely following what he, his success up through the years. Zach, you know, uh, every time a team that people are a fan of loses in a heartbreaking fashion, people give the the what ifs. What if this would have happened? Should you have, should Wisconsin have taken a timeout after uh, Nigel makes both free throws? Should Nigel have missed the second free throw? In those what if scenarios, how do you view it? You're a player, and you come, you know, your your dad obviously knows as much of the game as anybody. You just mentioned that. Were all the what ifs in in order? Would you have changed anything? I think the main thing about those what ifs are looking at the forty minutes before that. I mean, we shot ourselves in the foot so many times, whether it be fouling three point shooters or turning it over. You can't. Everyone's going to look at those last that last minute of the game and say, "Hey, we could have done this, done this." But we had so many opportunities to to pull it out. But I mean, going back through the years, Wisconsin fans, it's been rough. We've had a lot of most losses, uh, I would say, but I think we've also had our fair share of the ball bouncing our way in those in those games too. So um, obviously, you want it to go your way more than more than it goes the other way, like what happened the other night. But um, I think we've had our fair share through the years. Speaking of that, what's your favorite memory uh, of playing these last few years with the Badgers, and, and what will you miss the most? Do you think? I think before before the shot. Well, I mean, I didn't have too much time to appreciate it. <laughs> but I think before that was the Xavier, the Xavier shot by Bronson. 
um, just with how far that team had come last year after a rough start and then the coaching transition. Um, and once again, people kind of writing us off a little bit, but that team attacked the NCAA tournament last year with the, with the mentality that we were going to win and kind of impress some people and show them what we show them the talent that this team had. Um, and I think that win really uh, meant a lot to this program. What time? I, I mean, I know because I was it walked up uh, the escalator just in front of you guys, but take us through that trip back to the hotel and then you've got family and friends in, in the lobby. Uh, are you able to sleep? I mean, how did the rest of Friday night go for you or Saturday morning as it was on the clock? Yeah, it was brutal. Um, ten. I don't. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of those 10 p.m. starts. I can tell you that much. Um, but yeah, I don't even know what. I didn't really check check the time much, but it was late getting back to that hotel. It was like 2 a.m. I don't. What, yeah, a little know, after. Yeah, about 2:15 or so. Yeah. 2:15. Yeah. So I saw. I mean, all the families were up yawning, <laughs> giving us hugs because they had to. I mean, they they'd stayed up all day too, obviously. So got back to the hotel, just talked to my family for a little bit, and all the other families and then i didn't i was just on my phone on my phone and then hanging out with my roommates until about 6 a.m and then we woke up at nine had breakfast and got back on the flight and headed back home i'm curious because we asked this question of uh of josh and sam and frank from a couple of years ago and you too probably as well um if they had watched back the duke game is this a game that you'll watch back? Will you just watch the moment? Are there other things that uh, – are you that person that will watch that game back? I think I will. Um, I don't, not anytime soon. Like, I know Nigel didn't watch that Notre game, game from last year, and I don't think Bronson did either. But I kind of – when I watch games, I watch them more as, as motivation stuff, especially if they don't go our way, um, just because we're that close to, to getting to that next level um, in Elite Eight. To, with a great opportunity to go to the Final Four, I mean it's it's bitter. Obviously, I'm so still really very salty, um, but I think I'll go back and watch it. And there's some good. There's a lot of good things that happened in that game that um, I'll definitely be able to reflect on. Did Aaron mention to you? I mean, we were saying earlier that it's almost like Aaron's hail mary to Jeff Janis in the playoffs in Arizona. That the team lost in overtime and it got kind of swept away as as um, you know, it's almost become a painful memory more than a, a great yeah. memory. Yeah, he didn't say anything. He didn't mention it to me. I was talking to my roommates, I think, and they were talking about the Seattle game. How it was just we had it, and then it was it was gone, just like that. Was before you can even really wake up and see what happened. So um, I guess you can draw the parallels there. And obviously, Wisconsin fans, I'm sure, are definitely doing that today. Yeah, and it's always it's always funny to me because we we look at it from the outside in, either as fans or media, or maybe in my case, both a little bit. Um, yeah. But it hurts more for you than it ever will for any of us, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I put, like I said, after the game, my heart and soul into this thing. Um, and this team honestly believed that we had the pieces to go on and we, we were two games away from the Final Four and then who knows what happens there. Um, so we thought there was still that the chance that we had the confidence in us that we could go in and win the whole thing. Um, so when you believe something so strongly and then <laughs> it doesn't go your way, it just, like I said, it sets you back and Brings you back to earth real quick. By the way, Chris Chioza hit the shot on Friday night. Who was the eighth grader that hit the buzzer beater against you? <laughs> I have no idea. I didn't you know. don't remember. We didn't have scouting, didn't have scouting reports back in eighth grade. What's? Do you remember what school or city it was? It was in. I want to say it was in Madison. Okay. It's the Wisconsin State Tournament. Uh, maybe it was in Madison. 
Well, I just got back from I got back from the eighth grade state tournament yesterday. It's in Stevens Point. At least it is now. I don't know if it was then, but yeah, those might have been there. Those never leave you, and that's isn't that amazing that you still live on that eighth grade shot. Some you know you know eight years nine years later. I'll ask Mike. Hey, Mike, do do Appleton East and Florida wear the same colors? I'm just wondering. Appleton East? No, I don't think (laughs) that one definitely sticks with me. But that shot, that shot was a little different than the Chioza shot. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to bring this up, Sorry, Zach, Zach. I'll make it up to you. I'll, I'll try to find your Eric Church of, tickets. All my losses that end my career, all the losses that cut the end of the season have been pretty brutal for me. I would say. Yeah. Now that you guys are bringing them all up here, see, yeah. that's just it. I'm going to go over to the country station see if we can get your Eric Church tickets now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, try just, to just try to make it up. Let me listen to some Church for the next couple minutes. Ah, <laughs> uh, shoot. Um, so, so you've got a little bit of time left in school, and and. Uh, and, you know, no scouting reports now. I mean, it's such a changed life when you walk off the court for the last time. You're not going to go back in and, and have, uh, you know, go through things with Lamont or w- with Howard or with Coach Guard yeah. because that never happens again. Well, I think the thing that people don't realize is we're here. My days are going to feel so long now because literally I get done with class at about 1 o'clock every day, come over to the Kohl Center. We have lift at lift at 2 uh, scouting report for an hour and then practice for two hours and then meal. I mean, you're literally here at the Cole center for about six hours a day. Um, so that takes, that's a big chunk out of your day that now, I don't know, got to find something else to do to take up all my time. <laughs> well, I don't think I'm going to be alone on this, Zach. There are a lot of people listening to the show that will, uh, that saw you as the heartbeat of the program and, and you will be missed. And while you were here, You've been greatly appreciated. Uh, congratulations on a great run, a great career, and on paper, statistically, the greatest accomplished senior class in Wisconsin basketball history, and congratulations for your role in it. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. It's been a special special five years, and I've definitely made a lot of, I've made a lot of memories that I'll definitely remember for a long time. Yeah, very good. And by the way, that was not a foul on the opening tap of overtime, was it? <laughs> don't even get me started. You guys, you guys don't want to hear me. That was <laughs> terrible. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll save that for another conversation. <laughs> All right. we'll, we'll work on Eric Church for you, Zach. Thank you. We appreciate it very much. Yeah, thank you. I'll stay in touch with you guys. All appreciate right. it. Sounds good, Zach Showalter, now former Badger guard. There, and there we can give him self right? So we should totally. Yes. Hey, you know what? He had an amazing shot for the state of Wisconsin. You know that everyone's going to remember. You get some yeah. Eric Church tickets out yeah. of that, can he? Drew, you take the <laughs> yeah. next segment off. Go go get that figured well, out with our friend Kerry Wolf over there. At uh, we'll, we'll shake the trees, man. It's tough. I, I had a hard time. I had to get some for Bill Schroeder oh, already. Yeah. And it was tough, man. It's a tough yeah. ticket. It is. Just a make tough sure that's all right. Just make sure we we technically can. Like it's like yeah. it's not like still within the what? rules. I don't know. I'm just. I don't want to bring down you the can, program. You can sign with an agent today. You oh, okay. Can, yeah. All right. All right. Well then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Then we're good. Done. Then we're good. No issues there. So if somebody wants to help us out to help Zach, oh, go ahead. Hey, tweet at us. Give us a call. Uh, we'll take care of getting – we'll be the uh, intermediary between uh, tickets and Zach Joe yeah. Walter. Funny Eric thing Church. is, Zach's friends with QB1. He's got more powerful friends than us. It's like, yeah, let's, no, let's not mistake that. that. Yeah, <laughs> We'll get him tickets and Aaron Rodgers will be like, hey, I've got backstage can, and everything. Can, yeah. like, can not uh, his best friend Sam Decker make a phone call? Or Aaron Rodgers now his friend yeah. take a phone call. Got a friend in Houston, right? He's yeah. got to have some connections. Ah, good stuff, Zach. Great stuff. Uh, appreciate all that he had done. And, and honestly, I, I viewed him as the the lunch pail 
for this program, the heartbeat of this program, and a good uh, conversation with Zach Showalter to begin this hour. Uh, we'll continue. We'll, we'll get back to the radio show here in a couple of minutes. This is the Mike Heller Show. It's Mike Heller here with news on how Star Satellite, your local authorized DirecTV retailer, plans to simplify your satellite experience and reward you during March Mania. Simply sign up for DirecTV's Choice Plan and get rewarded with a $250 Visa gift card from Star Satellite. March Mania means more money in your pocket, but the mania won't last long. So call Star Satellite today, 844-523-STAR. That's 844-523-STAR. Offer valid March 15th to well-qualified buyers. Certain restrictions apply. Really good conversation with one of the great guys uh, in Badger basketball memory, Zach Showalter. Just joined us at the top of the hour. If you didn't hear it live, uh, you can hear it on our podcast page at the Big1070.com, Big920.com. Uh, it's there. And it is, uh, it's good stuff. And it was expected that it would be good stuff. Zach is a uh, salt of the earth, good guy. And also, I, I've felt for a while, and, and so many of you do, that he is the heartbeat of this program, and uh, he will be missed. There are a lot of people already wondering. We'll spend more time with Jeff Patrikas on this as we roll forward tomorrow, and Lamont Paris, for that matter. Both will join us on the program Tuesday, talking about this team's future. Because obviously, Showalter and Hayes and Brown and Koenig all go away. You know, last year they brought back 99% of their minutes in scoring, this year, they don't lose that because Ethan Happ comes back, but they lose a ton. I mean, they lose four of their five starters. So that means that Demetric Trice and guys like uh, Alex Ilocanum will have to step up. Uh, Khalil Iverson has to step up. Charles Thomas, who we didn't see much of down the stretch, he'll have to play a bigger role. Um, you, you know, there, there are a bunch of players that you don't know a bunch about who are going to have to step in. Given all the exits, Mike, I was thinking about this. Could it be basketball at Wisconsin is ready for a Russell Wilson type, a graduate, you know, transfer, a guy who's you know been at another school and wants to experience what it's like to play in Madison? That's entirely possible. Uh, Bo Ryan was uh, strongly against the grad transfer program, so it was unlikely that he was going to venture into those waters. Greg Gard, not so much. So I don't know what that pool of potentials looks like, but it wouldn't be a shocker. And Wisconsin also, in their incoming recruiting class, the one that comes in that will be on campus this summer, uh, it's Brad Davison from Maple Grove, Osseo, Minnesota, Nathan Reavers from Lakeville, Minnesota, and Kobe King from La Crosse Central. They're ranked 18th in the nation as a recruiting class by 24-7. So it's a very good class. But you're going to have to have players that step up. You know, Khalil Iverson is going to have to be one of those guys. Uh, Alec Hillikanen, who had such a promising freshman year, took a step back this year. He'll have to step forward. Uh, Demetric Trice, who got some of the talk in the postgame from Friday night, he'll have to step forward. Does a guy like uh, um, Van Fleet, does he step in and do some things? Um, you know, I'm, I'm missing some guys. But those incoming freshmen as part of the mix as well. So there are a lot of... Uh, Aleem Ford is a guy you haven't heard of, but Aleem Ford redshirted this year. He is a talented kid. They really liked him. He went against Nigel Hayes in all the practices uh, for much of the time, and they think that he is one of those guys that will emerge very quickly. 
on the scene, and a couple of those freshmen will too. So there's some of that. We did post this Twitter poll question today, and that is that there were a lot of what-ifs in the Badgers' loss Friday night to Florida. What is the biggest what-if? The Iverson dunk being blocked. Now they're up two, would have put them up four, about 26 seconds left in the overtime. Instead, it was blocked from behind by Canyon Barry, and then they came back on the other end and got a layup at the rim to tie the game. That's one choice. The poor D, now the poor defense, it is execution and maybe setup for the game winner by Chioza. That's another choice. Should have missed the second free throw on purpose. That's another choice. Or taken a timeout after the second free throw. Those are the four choices. Uh, just under 300 votes in on it so far. The Iverson dunk block is the leading vote getter at almost 60% of the vote. Not surprising. Yeah, I think I would I would agree with that. John won our, um, our Ian's Pizza Bet. So John had selected... Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, the high score in the game for the Badgers. Uh, by the way, we would have all missed, right, on who would have been the lead headline talker. It would have been Zach Showalter. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Although we gave him some love. I did mention that because he has a knack for... You know the right place at the right time and making plays. You're, you're, you're. He was the glue guy, the lunch pail guy, the heartbeat, whatever you want to call him. He was definitely that guy. So I remember saying on Friday that's not out of the realm that he could be the guy that we talk about. But I thought it would be Ethan Happ. Yeah, and then we ultimately said who scores most the most points for the Badgers. And some would argue that 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 Nigel Hayes, not me, but some would argue that Nigel Hayes should have tied as the leading scorer with. Are oh, you saying missed the last missed free throw the second on purpose? Free throw on purpose. I, took a, I did the post-game show from Madison Square Garden, and I took a bunch of calls and social media reaction to the end-of-game scenario. And a number of people strongly suggested that the second free throw should have been missed on purpose. And I don't buy it. I don't find it. I don't agree with it. Not with four seconds left. Listen, there. Here's, here are the what-ifs. Here are the what-ifs on the second free throw if you miss it on purpose, what if you don't hit the rim? We're talking about Nigel Hayes. Now, if I had Showalter or Canning at the free throw line and said miss that on purpose, I have a strong confidence that they'll hit the rim. That, you know, it's not going to be too hard and bank off the backboard and not touch the rim. Because if that happens, then Florida gets the ball on their baseline with four seconds left. And now it's a one-point deficit. Yeah, and if they, if they make a two, then obviously then you'd be like... You, lose on, you could lose on a layup. Right. I don't know if they, if the game, if they miss that and then it plays out. I mean, you don't That's know whether they play out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they, one of they the got a three with four seconds. Here's another what if. Uh, what if on the on the miss free throw, uh, the the rebound is contested and there's a loose ball foul, or on an outlet pass, you try to deflect the pass or get in, you know, and, and make a defensive play and you commit a foul. Here's the thing. Now you got a one-point lead, so any foul beats you uh, if they make both free throws. That's something I do agree with. Like that would be the scariest part of that scenario for me. I, I, I have some good confidence that Nigel Hayes is going to be able to touch the rim on that. So I'm, 
I agree with you, but I'm not as opposed to the idea as you. Like you, to me, it sounds like there's no way I would have ever done that. And if that's the decision they would have made, an intentional miss as opposed to Hayes just missing it, you know, just because he's been missing free throws, I wouldn't have come here on Monday saying, you can't do that. Like, I would have understood what they were trying to do. They were trying to create confusion. Okay. They were trying to not get a play going to the rim. I'll give you one reality. Waste some time. I'll give you I'll give you both one reality and one one hypothetical. Which one would you rather have had happen? So it, the reality, Florida should have fouled at the end of regulation. When the Badgers were down 3 and less than 7 seconds on the inbound to Zach Showalter. Should have fouled. I think a lot of people in the basketball world will agree with that. Now, so that's the reality. How about the hypothetical that Wisconsin misses the second free throw on purpose, but Florida somehow either gets to the free throw line or a layup to win it? Which is the more egregious coaching decision? To not foul at the end of regulation by Florida or to miss the second free throw on purpose by Wisconsin? Um, Missing the free throw. I just think it's further out of bounds as far as what you would do. The conversation of fouling at the end of regulation with a three-point lead, has it, it is always talked about. The missing the second free throw on purpose with four seconds. With three seconds, I get it. With less than three, absolutely, you would try to do that. But with four seconds, and, and they didn't pass the ball. Chioza dribbled the whole way from his own baseline. If you get a pass and a pass, you're in the lane in two seconds. If you get a pass and a pass. I just think that'd be pretty hard to even get a layup in that situation on a missed free throw. To be able to go the length of the floor with a rebound, even passing. Like it's not like you get the rebound and then from four to three the pass is made. Are you, you contesting get the, rebound. the rebound or are you not putting anybody on the lane? I mean, there's a lot of different right, it, that's true. elements involved. That's true. I just think the, the the time taken, depending on how you played that out as far as rebounding, the time taken from the rebound to that first pass, that's gonna be perhaps the deciding factor on whether or not you do even try a, a two-point attempt. And so I, I can see, I could see missing it. That's why when it was happening in real time, it, when I'm watching, I'm like, okay, make it. Well, it's, it's fine. It's, it's okay if you don't make it because they're going to create a, a situation where there's no timeouts and you have to make a play. For me, it was a win-win. If you make it, great. If you missed it, I'm in your side, but I wouldn't have missed it on purpose. I don't know that I would ever have said to miss the second shot on purpose. I would have been okay if he did miss it, but not on purpose. Because I, I think you're, you were set up. You were set up uh, by making both free throws, and I thought it was clutch, and I wouldn't have done it differently. Eight seven 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 two nine ten seventy. It's the what-if scenario. It's a what-if Monday, and uh, we'll get more of them when we come back. This is the Mike Heller Show. Back with you on the Mike Keller Show as we roll through a what-if Monday. The Badgers bowing out of the NCAA tournament very late Friday night, early Saturday morning, Madison Square Garden in New York City. A bunch of what-ifs in the scenario. But uh, but where the what-ifs are concerned, I, I don't have an issue with the philosophy at play where Wisconsin is concerned. I didn't want them to have taken a timeout. I wouldn't wanted them to have missed the second free throw with intention. Uh, they did not defend the final play well. That's that's the fair part. Chris Chioza catches. 
He had Casey Hill in the backcourt with him, not uh, not Allen. Uh, Kayvon Allen was in the front court. In fact, Showalter was nearest to him. But on the inbound, and Chioza, the day before, in talking with Jordan Hill, who was also on the court uh, defensively for Wisconsin, he was next to Casey Hill. And uh, they had said the day before, uh, Jordan Hill had said that Chioza is just ridiculously fast. It's amazing how fast he is. And the two things that happened that didn't happen that needed to, and they've talked about it since, is they needed to turn him. They needed him to go to a crossover dribble to cut him off and make him change direction or to make him pass the ball. And what they did is defensively, Jordan Hill was in bracket coverage on Casey Hill going up the bench sideline. On the near sideline on the, the, to the camera, it was uh, Kayvon Allen. And then Chioza catches the ball, and he's trailed by, by um, Canyon Barry uh, from the backcourt, who was the inbounder. There's different philosophies. One, and this gets into uh, to basketball 101 or 201, or maybe it's a 400-level course, but to guard the inbounder, which they did at the end of regulation when, uh, when Florida had a look at a full-length pass that was deflected away, and Trice actually got a shot off in time for Wisconsin that was just wide of the mark. But that's the probably the what if for me, along with the uh, the block from behind by Canyon uh, Barry on Khalil Iverson. Iverson didn't feel like I don't think he felt like he was being uh, pursued, and was uh, just a bit careful on getting his steps right, and it was blocked. Give uh, Canyon Barry credit on that. But my biggest what if is is how the final play was defended, and then give Chioza all the credit in the world for making it. Guarding the inbounder there sounds like a good play, but when you can run the baseline after a make, your ability to kind of thwart that is is disrupted a little bit. And the key is to make the guy who catches the pass make him be coming, you know, towards the inbounder rather yeah. than getting a full head of steam, you know, and, and cheating it a little bit. He was going lateral. He was going parallel to the baseline when yeah, that, he catches that's it. That's not a good look. Yeah. And then when he, he and he's super fast, so when he turned the corner, and then Demetri Trice in cutting across the the face of both the the, the both Chioza and Nigel Hayes, he essentially screened Nigel Hayes. Nigel takes a little short step, a little stutter step, so as to not run into Trice. And Trice didn't turn the ball. He was going to race to the near sideline to be where Canyon Barry was, and uh, that just didn't work well. So that that's my what if is how they defended it. The only way you can probably defend it differently is to know absolutely in advance what you're doing. And then to your point, Drew, earlier, if Bronson Koenig is healthy, he's on the court. And that takes either Jordan Hill or Demetri Trice off the court. And you're probably better suited in that regard, too. There are so many what ifs, right? Just a ton of them. 877-729-1070. 877-729-1070. Tom, calling from Mount Horeb. Hi, Tom. Hey, guys. Uh, all good points and, you know, a couple things here and there. But I was just curious on what if Hayes doesn't make his move so fast at the end of overtime to leave the 4.2, you know, go a little bit later when it's a tie game to make sure that, hey, if we score great and if we don't score, they don't get any chance at all. I thought maybe he made his move um, just a little bit too soon. I, I don't think, know what you guys think about that. Well, I, I think there's uh, there are different schools of thought one is that you want to get to the rim with uh, and he does with four seconds when the foul is called on the shot 
All right, so the clock stops on the whistle, the ball rimmed out, but if it doesn't rim out uh, and the whistle doesn't blow, the rebound comes down with two seconds left, and you want a shot at the rebound too, right? So I don't think he went too soon. I think he, he makes his initial move and the spin with just l- right at six. Right at six seconds is when he goes. I don't think that's too soon. I mean, most times you want to get the opportunity for a rebound. Uh, if it's if it's too soon, it's a it's a fraction of a second too soon. It's maybe a second too soon. But again, I mean, now we're I mean we're splitting hairs uh, to a certain extent uh, because you also it, some of what the defense is doing dictates when you go, um, and that was his opportunity. And on the dribble, uh, that was when he could make his move, and I, it was a spectacular move. The thing I lamented is that I thought it was going to go in. I thought he was going to get an and one. And uh, the spin had it come off the left rim and, and circled around and came out to the near side. Well, let's talk to Chris from Madison. Hi, Chris. Hi. Um, I wanted to uh, just speak on that, actually. Um, I thought um, really, really telling point of the, of the game was uh, Nigel had multiple chances for and ones down the stretch and um, just, just rimmed out on two or three of them. And then, um, you know, did not... Uh, capitalized on the free throws i think he was three or six in those three chances that i'm thinking of and um just really a telling point in the game i thought yeah you know the, the free throws are right i mean drew john we we've talked about that they actually shot better on friday night than they had on average for the season um yeah but just by one make better well, I know, but I it mean, wasn't. It wasn't as though it wasn't they like they're shooting eighty five. Yeah, it wasn't. It, but, but I guess my point is, they weren't an eighty percent free throw shooter during the regular season, and then shot sixty percent on Friday night. That's exactly who they were all year. You, you can't pull the stripes off the the zebra here. I mean, that's who that's who they are. So I don't. I do lament their poor free throw shooting, but for all year, not from. I didn't pull up Friday night's game and say. Yeah, they didn't shoot that badly all year, and then when the pressure was on, they shot badly. They they were the same. That didn't change. No, you just wish they would have made one more, <laughs> one yeah. or two more in overtime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and just been like, uh, um, you know, instead of nine of fourteen, like maybe I don't know, ten of fourteen. Yeah, maybe nice. a different outcome. Yeah. I don't know. Double overtime. Yeah, maybe we're double overtime, and who knows? Maybe Hap would have scored a bunch uh, of points. You guys would have won an Ian's pizza bet. Which, by the way, eight and two in Ian's pizza bets this year. Uh, Drew is four and five. Mike is four and six. Not only that, John's going to win our skins pool as well. He's already oh. won it, basically. Yeah, but it wasn't about who wins; it was about who loses. That's true. Love, thanks for taking away taking that away from me, Mike. You're good, good job, John, with your you know with your picks in the tournament. But it's not about you and your picks and how you're yeah. right on a this couple. Whole, There's no this, prize it's about for who's bad. This, this whole skins game was designed to see who was going to lose. I know. Right. I understand that. I just like how you're like. And, and Mike and I are punish are, are battling for that. And Mike has the upper edge if Gonzaga wins. Hmm. So if Gonzaga wins, you then wear a T-Rex I costume. I wear a T-Rex costume. Drew wears the T-Rex. For an entire day. Yeah. And if Gonzaga loses? Then we're basically tied because we both have uh, championship and points. By right? the way, you have to wear that T-Rex for a remote and show all day. Wherever we go. <laughs> is that what we're making I'll up on the fly? It's funny. Do you guys... I think the thing is, though, Mike, I looked at it, and so what happened was we both have the same team, North Carolina, winning the championship, I believe. Right? We do. Yeah. 
And the next tiebreaker is total points in the championship game. And believe it or not, I think we both have 158. No way. I think we do. Is that even possible? Double check yes. it, and we better right now come up with another tiebreaker. I, I think it's, uh, I think it's pretty much the case. How does stuff like that happen? Unless you guys want to flip a coin. We had different final scores, but with the same total points. And that's the tiebreaker's total points. I guess, I guess we can right go now. with who's closer oh, to no. the winning total, because we did delineate a score, but the first tiebreaker is total points. Well, then the second tiebreaker should be winning score. Closest to the winning score. Yeah. Okay. But what if we split that, too? I don't then, know. Then, then that's, then, then. So many what-ifs. So many stuff what-ifs. to figure out what here. What if Monday? Yeah. Do you guys want to hear the final call? How it sounded in a couple different... From who? I've got Florida. Yeah. I've got LePay. Yeah. Let's Florida do it. Radio. We had the guy is on Mick Hubert. Is this therapeutic, or is it just I don't know. Just, I thought maybe... Painful? Uh, I don't know. You want to take a listen? Yeah. Here's how it sounded with uh, Florida, Mick Hubert. Very looking, gives it now to Chioza. Chioza looks to race it up. Here comes Cheese. He shoots the shot on the way. It's gone! It's gone! It could be three! It could be three! It could be a game winner! Chioza knocked one down! The officials will go to the monitor! The Gators may have won the game on a Chioza three at the buzzer in overtime! Oh my! We've seen it all at Madison Square Garden! It's good! It's a three, and the Gators have won the game. Chris Chioza has made a game-winning three at the buzzer. Oh, that's enough. That's enough. Where was he broadcasting from, a tin can? Yep, that's how they do it in Florida. They broadcast from a tin can. Yeah, I don't know how we got that sound. It sounded like somebody tape-recorded it yeah, off of like yeah, yeah. something else with some really crappy speakers. You want to hear LePay? Doesn't help, but you want to hear it and how it sounded? Sure, let's be Four seconds painful. left. Canyon Berry will throw it in. Badgers lead by two in overtime. Badgers getting their defense organized. Berry will throw it in, looking. Gets it into Chioza backcourt. Racing offensive in, left side. Lost his balance, throws it up and in. At the buzzer. At the buzzer. And it's a three, but they will review it. Kind of left his feet like Showalter did at the end of regulation behind the three-point line or not. It's a three, and Florida wins it. Oh, that was that was not therapeutic at all. <laughs> I was watching at a bar, and when Showalter hits the three, place goes insane. And then they show the replay of the championship belt. The place was just as loud for that replay of him doing the championship belt and the Aaron Rodgers shot, and it was good vibes, and it was awesome, and it was loud. And then Hayes makes the second free throw fast forward to overtime. It's loud. It's just kind of like, all right, here we go. And then no one said a word. And it was quiet. And that was it. And then I went home. It was the worst. I told Until the guy, then, though, it was a great night. Until then, it was with awesome. the people. I told the guy I was with, I said, because we both went to the Sweet 16 game uh, at the same bar, watched the Sweet 16 uh, game at the same bar a year ago when Nigel Hayes turns Lost it over. Lost Notre Dame. And, and like... You know, 10 seconds after the game, I'm like, it's official. We can never come here again. We can never watch another game here again in the tournament. It's official. And then you did. And you could have gone no, to any I, bar. That's what I'm saying now after the game. After I know, but you Florida. should have said that last year. Well, I didn't know. you got to so know I, these things. I kind of take a little bit There's of another what if. What if John would have watched the game at home? <laughs> hey, I'll take it because I, I can never watch another tournament game there again. It just won't happen. Ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, you want to take a break here, John, and then we'll get to some more phone calls in our Big Five at Five. What would you like to do? You you choose your adventure. Well, since we're pretty much over our break by a few minutes here, we probably should break. All right, let's 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 take a break here. Our Big Five at Five, more of your phone calls. If you're there and waiting, we'll get to you. Be patient. This is the Mike Heller Show.
They're the in crowd with the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we cut from. We let our color show where the numbers ain't. We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Keller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show. Now, here's Mike Keller. I will get Into the 5 o'clock hour on the Mike Heller Show. Welcome aboard on a What If Monday, and there are a bunch of them. But here's something that supersedes the What If, and that is that this class that just left the University of Wisconsin, Zach Showalter, Bronson Koenig, Nigel Hayes, Vito Brown, most accomplished group in Wisconsin basketball history. Two Final Fours, two Sweet Sixteens. Wow. Impressive. That's not a what if. That's a what. But uh, uh, so many what ifs on this what if Monday to go back to Friday night at all different points and junctures of the game. And the what ifs always happen on the losing side, which makes all the sense in the world, right? But there were just as many what ifs on the Florida side. How did they allow a swing in the final two and a half minutes of regulation? to take what should have been a comfortable win and allow it to get to overtime? Why didn't they foul on the final possession of regulation? There were a lot of what-ifs there, too, but what-ifs don't get referred to very often for teams that win a game. I'll tell you one thing that Dick Bennett always said, not to refer back to Dick Bennett, this is a Greg Gard-coached Badger basketball team, but Dick always said you can't accept in victory what you wouldn't accept in a loss. So... They focused on those things that you can't do, and I'm sure that Florida had done that as well, and they bowed out of the tournament yesterday. Uh, Welcome in on a What If Monday. I'm Mike Heller. That's Drew Olson. Hey, Drew. Good afternoon, Mike. John Audius is with us. Hey, John. Hey, fellas. What's up? Dan Pfeiffer on Twitter already wants to know which bar I was at so he can kidnap me and put me in that bar when Wisconsin and Marquette play next year because he wants the Badgers to lose. You going to tell him? No. I don't want to get kidnapped. <laughs> I wouldn't mind going to the bar, though. Well, that's next year. Is that qualified? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fi as once a year. I mean, if you did that for a regular season game, it's coming up this, it would be in this calendar year. I don't think you could do that, John. So is the jinx going to the same bar or just going out to watch the tournament games? Well, I think next year you don't get the, the hall pass. You don't get the permission. I, I'll talk to to okay. uh, what do you you refer to her as the wife? Talk to I'll the talk wife. to the wife. You're the wife. My the wife. Your wife. Stop already. What? You want to get the quick call before we? Oh, sorry. They're gonna do that. Yeah, I forgot about a call. Yeah. Uh, Peter from Madison's Peter's, been on hold for a while. Yeah, Peter's been waiting. Hello, Peter. Hey, how are you doing? Good. So two quick things. First of all, I've heard a bunch of people say that 
this was game this game ended more on a defensive fail than on a great play. And I just completely disagree. I think it was a great play. And it was. It yeah, almost I agree. That. But I, I agree. If you want to do a if you want to do a what if, I think the, the biggest thing that sticks in my mind is Irishman. When he went up for that easy lay in on the on the on the runaway on the breakaway, he did a soft lay in instead of going for the decisive dunk. He goes for the dunk. He probably gets fouled, gets an end one, the game ends differently. I'd really like to hear somebody ask him about what his thought process was. Well, uh, I, uh, I think, you know, he said after the game he was going to try not to beat himself up too much about it, but he understood the importance of that moment. Uh, I wasn't in post-game interviews because we were doing our post-game show at that point. But I also, my belief system is that he didn't think he was being pursued. Uh, this is what uh, Jeff Patricus wrote. He said, Iverson, who sneaked out behind the defense, caught the ball. Uh, Barry hustled back, however, surprised Iverson and blocked. Iverson acknowledged he didn't know Barry was that close. But I mean, I, I agree with it. That's a, that what if. And it happens in an instant when Khalil catches the ball. I think he just tries to get his steps right, and he didn't. Because if you watch the replay of it, when he breaks away, he breaks away and he's all by himself. And many times that ends up being uncontested. And I think he wanted to make sure he got his feet right and didn't feel that he was being pursued. It's a mistake, but it's a, it's not a mistake where it's um, you know ill, poorly prepared or it's something. It's a of, bad break. Yeah, just, it is. And when you think about it, too, how often do you think Iverson gets blocked on a, a breakaway like that? Uh how many for times probably out of hundreds? the first time probably, ever. Yeah, probably the first time ever, yeah. I would it guess it might happen. be the last time as yeah, well. I would hope so, too. All right, let's do this thing. This yeah. is the Big Five at Five. The top five trending sports stories this hour. Number five. There is NFL news. Did you guys hear the Raiders are going to Las Vegas? I, I do. I did. 31-1 uh, to 1 in the votes. Only the Miami Dolphins voted against it. And the, the, you would argue that the biggest reason is that it, sets, it keeps the precedent setting for NFL owners right where they want it. That means the community ends up paying the, the lion's share of a new stadium. Uh, the league gets the relocation fee, which is exorbitant. Um, so why wouldn't the owners vote for it uh, from a business standpoint? Lost in the shuffle, the heartbreak of Oakland Raiders fans, those who have lived in the Bay Area their whole life and worn the silver and black and supported a franchise that has bolted on them multiple times. They bolted from Oakland to Los Angeles, and now they're going to bolt from Oakland to Las Vegas. You feel bad for the fans, and you understand the the money grab that is ownership in the NFL. Not not many people to root for in this situation. It, it's a, it is. The, the fans, again, and Oakland get screwed. But you know what history tells me? That Oakland lost its team because they wouldn't uh, pony up just like San Diego with a new stadium. I bet there will be new stadiums in San Diego and Oakland, and they'll try to get teams back. Which doesn't always work because Seattle has not gotten an NBA team back. And uh, it, when they leave, it, it was the same thing that you worried about in Milwaukee where the Brewers and Miller Park were concerned or the Bucks in the new arena that will open in uh, some 16 months, had they not done those two, there's no chance the Brewers are in Milwaukee if they didn't build a new park. And I don't think there's a very good chance that the Bucks would be in Milwaukee either. Number four. Hey, Devin Booker of the Sun scored 70 points over the weekend. Cool or not cool? Absolutely not cool. I agree. 
Um, they were fouling. They were taking timeouts. They were cooking the books in a loss to get this guy 70 points. It comes with an asterisk. It wasn't in the flow of play. They were just trying to be, it was a freak show, and they were trying to pump him up. And I thought Jay Crowder, Marquette product, ripping them on Instagram was great when he said, never seen so many guys so happy after a loss because they were clowning and posing and smiling and, and in their locker room after the game. It's a bad look for the NBA. That's, that's completely a bad look, and I'm not impressed by that. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything but a freak show. Now he did do a lot to get to the opportunity to put himself in position to get to seventy. So there had to be some sort of level to his game that night that was impressive. You just guys just didn't agree with the final what two minutes maybe. He had fifty one in the second half. Eighteen of those came in the final four minutes when they were doing everything in their power, not to win the game, but everything in their power to get him to seventy. I I don't know when that exactly started, like when you could say that, whether, whether it was four minutes. Because let's say they do that. They try to do that with four minutes to go, and all of a sudden they cut it down to like two points. And then are you saying, well, they were just trying to do everything in their power to get him the ball? Or they everything were in the trying power? to do everything in the power to get him the ball. That's why nobody else got the ball. Right, and in doing so, if they had pulled back, then you would have said, oh my gosh, look what they did in the last four minutes. They gave him the ball and they came back. Now, did you guys also know that of the 11 70 points or more, uh, 70 or more points in a game of those different players, Wilt Chamberlain, David Robinson, a bunch of Wilt Chamberlains, Kobe, did you know five of those were in losses? Yeah, but my guess is, John, One was that, almost by 30 my, points? My guess is, John, that Another they weren't was... celebrating and posing for pic- pictures and making it uh, about that moment in a loss. I mean, I don't I don't know I, that I don't for know, I don't know I that as no a idea. fact. But if we're in the moment and we're looking at Devin Booker's 70, I thought it was nasty. I, I mean... I, I liked it. He had a great night. You and I like different things. It's very subjective. He had a great night. It did not happen in the flow of the game. They purposefully got him his last 18 with one intent, and that was to get 70. And and I think that's bogus. I, I don't know. It's like stealing bases when you're down 11-1 to 1 and I, you're trying to get a guy a stolen base record. I don't know when you start the clock because I do agree there, there was some of that. Booker even admitted there was some of that. Do you so you're picking out the four minute mark? How do you know it wasn't the two minute mark? Are you well, more you, okay with you, the two you, minute mark? Was that the four minute mark? Booker's quote was, "I understand they're upset. We were trying to run up my points." I mean, even even admits that right, that but was you're the putting intent. out a number of eighteen as if that was whatever the, the sole number, number is, John. Whatever the number is, right? So why is, why is he on the court at the end, and why are they only getting him the ball? Guys, why are they intentional fouling to stop the clock so they can get the ball back again? Do you think when Kobe scored sixty in his final game that they weren't trying to get him the ball, but that was still cool? extenuating circumstance? Kobe's final game of his okay, career do you think when, without a playoff spot or anything hanging in the balance. I don't remember how it went down for David Robinson, but I bet you when he got to fifty, they were like, "Hey, we should give David Robinson the ball." more you're asking if i thought it was cool yeah and i don't think it was cool i thought devin booker had a great night but i don't like the manner in which i'm just saying if you're scoring 50 points and there's four minutes left in the game you're probably going to get the ball a lot now whether or not they go about it in the way that like they even meant like i there's probably some shady stuff going on with a couple minutes to go or when you're down 14 with 90 seconds left in the game maybe empty out your bench that could have been yeah, I'll give you that. Absolutely, I'll give you that. But I can't. You can't tell me when a guy is fifty that they're not going to try to get him more, 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 more. That's what happens all the time. Aren't you going to try and come back to win the game? Hey, Frank Kaminsky got oh, put it was back. Just about that. Frank Kaminsky got put back in a game just to set a scoring record at the university. 
to give him a chance to score that one five. I don't know yeah. that I. Yeah, I mean, okay. In yeah. a win, not a loss. Number three. In, uh, a, in a win, not a loss. You got a problem with that kid reporter? Because apparently some reporters did. Uh, some guy that writes for a South Carolina paper said, SI for kids reporters, cute and all, but not a fan of an off-topic question at 1 a.m. when beat writers are trying to pull gamers together, talk about after the Badgers game. Dennis Dodd also called him cute after the Frank Martin uh, video went around on the Internet, but said an insult to the profession. What? I don't know about an insult to the profession. It was an inconvenience to the profession, not an insult. You look bad complaining about it. But things happen on deadline. Guys get pretty high strung. They will get mad at an adult who asks a question that's not germane to the game. A feature-type question is inappropriate in that setting for immediately after a game like that. And the guys who are scrambling, it's something that they used to complain about in private. Now they can complain on Twitter, and it makes them look bad. So they should be more judicious. But I it just the idea, think about a White House briefing. And you're going to let a kid ask a question. And, and if there were more credentialed people there, they should have been allowed to ask first before we have like this kid ask his question. You know, it's like. But by the way, just it was protocol. The second question in the Florida presser, second and third questions asking about uh, Alan's mom. Being yeah, the in moderator for a big allowed game. him a follow up, which was also a mistake on the moderator's uh, part. And uh, the only thing that I would uh, differ with with Drew on this is that. Sometimes in the media, we, and I'll I'll use the broad term, we tend to be a little too self-important. And I would argue that that both of the national writers who were critical publicly of this and then walked it back uh, got caught up in the self-important moment. And uh, and, and also to slightly differ with Drew's opinion, which we don't differ all that often, so I'm okay with this, is that uh, it's not a White House preference press briefing it's a college basketball yeah those don't happen on newspaper deadline (laughs) they don't happen after 10 p.m or after 11 p.m or even after midnight so yeah you're right they don't so there aren't the ramifications that you would have but it's just it's a professional thing when i went to mike when we went to talk to craig council and he had his morning you know kind of briefing we didn't jump in and ask our questions before hardcore and adam mccalvey it was a deference thing because those guys have they're, they're there daily, and they have duties that we didn't want to get in their way. Well, and we sh- this this idea that we're going to let this kid ask a question, I mean, it's it's kind of it's not a, it's not the protocol. Well, this is what happened. The kid's like twelve or thirteen, so someone should have been there guiding him so he knows not to do that. So it's I, not I, him; it's the moderator. Right. Well, that's what I'm getting to. So, well, yeah, he didn't just like wasn't by himself. I would hope. I can I, mean, s- I can see asking the second and third questions at that time with deadlines probably wouldn't have the kid reporter ask those questions that time. You'd probably wait off. So wait for him. So either the kid needs to have someone from Sports Illustrated with him during the day saying, hey, let these guys ask the questions. I talked to Bill, the moderator. He's going to get you in at the end. And the moderator shouldn't have gone to him in the second question, if that's the type of question. Well, see, they have college interns that are walking the aisles with the microphones. With the microphone. And you just raise your hand and they come to you. Right. You know, it should have so, been better organized, especially I don't mind the South Carolina thing, but I can see Drew's point that yeah, but you know, here's, a lot of money's at stake for some of these press, you yeah, know, putting this paper out. Grand scheme of things, I don't. Uh, grand scheme of things, I don't have an issue with the kid being there and the kid asking the question. I would have I preferred either. that awesome. it would be yeah. in the pressers the days in between games, which is in the middle of the day. There's no writer deadline pressure, and he could ask his human interest questions because his question to to Frank Martin uh, was a good one. 
and Frank Martin acknowledged how good of a. I mean, I think he overdid it, but it was it was good. It was. I was watching that for the first time, and I said, "Oh man, that kid asks better questions than I do." Yeah, that's a great question by the kid with Frank Martin. They're written out. I mean, those were written out. You could yeah. hear it. You could hear it when he asked yeah. the one question. I don't that care. It was it's prepared. Out. It's yeah. awesome. Number two. Maybe we should prepare. Maybe we should prepare. Uh, number two in our big five at five. How will you remember the big shot by Zach Showalter? He's looking and looking into Showalter at half court. Showalter puts it on the deck, runs it up. Good! It's a three with 2.1 to play. And the game is tied in New York City. They will review it to make sure that he was behind the arc. It was good. I will remember it as one of the, the great moments, and I was lucky enough to be in the arena for one of the great games I think I've ever seen. Uh, certainly uh, among the great college basketball games I have ever seen, along with Wisconsin's win over Kentucky at the Final Four in Indianapolis, John. I would, th- that's a bigger stage. Obviously, it's in the national semifinal against the unbeaten Kentucky Wildcats. That's the best game I think I ever saw. This one is a close second, and maybe it would have succeeded it, uh, exceeded it, had they won. I'll remember the heartbreak. That shot will be, it's one of the great clutch moments, one of the great moments, and with the belt, just the punctuation on it was amazing. But I'll remember it just like I do uh, Aaron Rodgers to Jeff Janis in the playoff game in Arizona. Unbelievable jump-out-of-your-chair moment followed by heartbreak and defeat. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it, the Janis uh, Hail Mary catch because it was amazing that it happened and you're going to remember it, but you're also going to remember that that's also the game that your team lost. So the Show Walter thing, what made it, what put it over the top was the championship belt and the point to Rodgers. At that moment in the game to do something like that is such a, I'm calling it a baller move. It's such a baller move by Zach Show Walter. It's just like, I'm the man, three and championship belt. There you go, Zach MVP. Told us, Zach oh. told us earlier in the show today, he joined us live, and he said that uh, Aaron Rodgers had said to him before the game, give me a belt, find a, find a chance to give me a belt. And, well, and he wasn't going to do it in the course of the game, but that was the perfect moment. It was. And we should replay that Zach Showalter interview if you guys want. Should we do it's a, a long little, interview? Isn't it? Yeah, it's a good interview. Yeah, We can fast forward through a couple parts, I guess, maybe. Do what you want to do, John. All right, it's my show. Number one. Number one of the big five at five. So of all the what ifs in the Badger game, and Mike put out a Twitter poll question, a tradition unlike any other, a Mike Keller Twitter poll question. Uh, of all those what ifs, which one frustrates you the most? Well, it said there were a lot of them, and the choices would be the Iverson dunk block, the poor D on the game winner, should have missed the second free throw intentionally by Nigel Hayes, or taken a timeout after the second free throw to set the defense 57% vote on the Iverson dunk block by Canyon Barry. Uh, I would agree. I think that was, uh, and, and again, I wouldn't say that that's on Khalil. The block was on Khalil, but I, I, I'm not pointing blame. I just thought of the what-if moments, that might have been the biggest one. I think I'm going I'm to agree with you. That is that and the way they defended the the. the... The play at the end, the Florida play, just turn him one more time, just do what you can. It was just not enough resistance there for me. But, man, that Iverson situation, to have the lead and the ball where that ball was, it's just tough not to win after that. Out of those, I have to say it's Iverson because when you go through the timeline, that puts you up four. And even if they get an easy layup, 27 seconds, they get an easy layup, right, Uh, with 16 seconds to play. So let's say it just kind of plays out the same. Now you're up two, 
and you're going to go to the free throw line most likely, and there's a good chance that you could be up four if you hit two free throws there, right? So it just changes the entire way the last 16 seconds are played, but I would have obviously rather been up two than tied. Yeah, of course. And the guy who's going to have the ball in a free throw shooting situation from that point on was going to be Showalter. He's the best free throw shooter on the court. Uh, Bronson, I don't know if he'd have gotten back onto the court uh, just he couldn't move, you know, and, and I think we can clarify this, that Caning wasn't injured. It's a cramp. So some had speculated, well, even if they win without Koenig, they, they can't win against South Carolina on Sunday. I think Koenig would have been, I mean, I'm guessing, speculating, but I think he would have been fine to go yesterday. Well, Showalter, we will replay a big portion of the interview. He mentions the, the cramps by Koenig, so he even called it that in yeah. the interview. 877-729-1070, toll-free, 877-729-1070. Drew, you're out. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Looking forward to it, gents. All right, sounds good. We continue in a moment. This is The Mike Heller Show. Back with you on the What If edition of the Mike Heller Show on this Monday. A few days after the Badgers bowed out of the NCAA tournament, a uh, crushing, buzzer-beating, heartbreaking loss in the Sweet 16 to Florida. But I don't know that there's anything to hang your head about. As a Badger fan, we talked about it throughout the season, that they would be measured by what happens after Selection Sunday. And I think that measurement of who Wisconsin is, we'll talk more about that tomorrow, after Selection Sunday, I don't know that you can look at this team and say that you were uh, terribly disappointed. They played a great game. It, it, all, I mean, everything's flawed, right, at a certain level. They played a great game against Florida. It was incredibly entertaining. It was hard fought. There was no give up in them. They had a ton of heart on both sides, both benches. And the last heart was shown by Florida, and it was heartbreaking for Wisconsin and the fan base. But I'm not. Uh, I'm only disappointed that we couldn't see them play again. But I'm not disappointed in who they are, what they are, and how they presented themselves. Eight seven 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 two nine ten seventy. Bronson Koenig uh, was was banged up at the end. It was a cramp. He could have been able to go yesterday. Zach Showalter shared that with us earlier. You'll hear a good portion of the Zach Showalter interview from earlier in the show today, in case you missed it, in about uh, eight or nine minutes. From Appleton to Whitewater to Madison, phone calls, phone lines are open, 877-729-1070. John in Appleton called. Hi, John. Hey, guys. I'm on my way home to Indiana. Just wanted to know if you guys talked about, uh, I was curious about that basket where the gator was hanging on the net, why that wouldn't have been called uh, basket interference. And then the other point was on the uh, opening tip-off of the overtime, uh, Showalter calls for a foul when there hadn't been any possession established yet. Where you guys come down on that? Yeah, so the the two plays. One, uh, if you don't see the goaltend in real time, it's not reviewable like the Gonzaga uh, game against Northwestern. Uh, it's not reviewable. Can't go to the monitor. Yes, the, the player did grab the net, but if you didn't see it, if they didn't see it, the three officials in real time, they can't go back to it. Uh, and there was a loose ball foul called on Wisconsin on that play, so so that was, that was hurtful. In the overtime uh, on the opening tap, we asked, Zach Showalter about that I don't see it as a foul the official uh, from the angle he had made that call I think it was a bad call 
the possession then went to Wisconsin. Had there been another tie-up, Wisconsin would have had the arrow pointing in their direction since Florida off the opening tap, even though there wasn't possession. They went to the free-throw line. That was considered possession, so Wisconsin would have had the alternate the next time it was tied up. Rob from White Whitewater called the show. Hi, Rob. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Mike, I have a question for you. Um... Second of all, I got a beef with you on that. Oh boy, Bucks are, the Bucks Arena. First of all, uh, equating that to Miller Park, I don't think that's fair to do that to people, taxpayers. Because I didn't the, say it was fair. Was completely Did, different. Didn't say Park it was fair. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying it was fair. <laughs> that's a I'm, little. I'm, I was giving you the reality. Subsidized worth the damn. So it it, it, it it rubs me when people equate that. I would have paid the money in the end, but I think the deal was a little. More towards the billionaires than the taxpayers, but yeah, but end, that's I'm but glad that's the, the still here. You, you get it. That's the landscape of pro sports. Exactly. It should be different, but it, it isn't. The, the reality is, had that arena not been funded with uh, with half by the public, uh, the Bucks wouldn't be in Milwaukee going forward. I don't. I I just don't. We. I'll get off of a. I don't believe billionaires would leave money on the table. That team would have been absorbed by the NBA and sold to somebody for more money. Those guys are hedge funds billionaires. That means they know what they're doing. But I'll leave it at that. We we agree on the to disagree. I, I wanted him to stay. I would have paid, but I, I I think we got a raw deal in the end. But it's a good deal for everyone, so it's kind of hard to claim that. So yeah. Question, question about the game for you. The first half, uh, most of the game's a little foggy because I decided to t- try to rally shot to cure their pain. Okay. But yeah, I get it. In the first half, I, I noticed at the end of the half they had quite a few timeouts remaining, and I, I don't know a lot about basketball, but or Greg Garter, or what his philosophy is, but was he not taking timeouts when we had that big lead to try to stop it just because he wanted to let his guys play through it? Is well, that his they, philosophy? You get an allotment of timeouts for the game. Whatever you use in the first half goes away from you. You don't get more. They don't get reallotted well, in the second half. So if you're well, using... I, I, I'm under, I understand it, but was he doing that just to keep those in his pocket, or was he doing that just to let his guys play through? That's That was my main question of calling in. Uh, and I think both, Rob. I think he felt like his players would play through it, and I also think that you, you, as a coach you have to protect your end-of-game timeout situation just like you do in football. Um, you don't want to waste them because you, you they're tangible and finite. You, you don't get more allotted to you. So I, I didn't have a huge issue, and that obviously – didn't end up being the the deciding factor because they were able to get back into it. Mitch and Madison. Hi, Mitch. Uh, hello. Uh, I agree with you that that uh, opening tip in the overtime was not a foul at all, but if you make your free throws, you're not even in that position, so that doesn't matter. Um, I don't know if you guys touched on this earlier, but the most frustrating thing for me was Nigel taking that shot so early in the clock. Um, if he lets it go down a little more, um, then they don't even have the opportunity to do that play at the end. Um, so that's, and I like, I mean, I didn't like it, but that I, the block on Iverson was awesome. That was a good defensive play by them 
Um, I wouldn't call that frustrating. I would call that, hey, if, if you're going to get beat that way, fine. But the fact is, we could have held the ball and taken that uh, okay, last Okay, all right. So let's let's no let's, time let's no, is that what you want to do? And and what what about having it being dictated by how you're being defended? Uh, Nigel begins the dribble drive with just a, I think it's almost dead on six seconds from the high right wing, and then he spins down the lane line and gets fouled with four seconds left. But the ball would have come off the rim with about two seconds left. Do you not want the chance for a for a putback? And uh, I think you also have to take what the defense dictates. Let's say Nigel starts that dribble drive and a double team comes. If you wait till the last second and you then you try to pass to where the double team came from and you don't have time to catch and shoot, I mean, I, I just I differ on that philosophy. I, I don't think he went too early. Uh, he was fouled with four. I had no issue with Nigel. The timing, the move, the shot. The free throws, I have no issue on Nigel Hayes, and especially the way he played down the stretch this season and in that game. I have no no problem at all. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a little nitpicky, right? It, like, I wish he would have started with 4.7 seconds instead of 6, but I also want a little bit of time in case he misses that and Ethan Happ is right there. I'm watching the replay yeah. to put that back. If there's no foul called, Happ can go right there, grab it, lay it in, and boom, there's the and ball game. Then, then the same guys are calling to say, if he'd have just gone two seconds earlier, the putback would have counted. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Zach Showalter joined us live on the program a little bit earlier today. It's a great conversation. We want you to hear it back. We'll give it to you next on The Mike Heller Show. It's a what-if edition of The Mike Heller Show on a Monday. Badgers season is done. So is the career for four accomplished seniors in Zach Showalter and Nigel Hayes, Vito Brown at Bronson Koenig. And a little bit earlier today, we talked live on the program with Zach Showalter. The moment at the end of regulation, when you guys inbound, I, I think there's less than, there's about eight seconds or so on the clock. When you inbound, did you expect that they would foul? Uh, it wasn't really going through my head. I, I mean, I, I knew it was an option, but I was just thinking of what I had to do. Um, and the play was actually for me to dribble off Bronson, um, and then we had a throwback to Bronson at the top, but he could not move. Couldn't move. <laughs> he literally yeah. couldn't move because he was cramping up so bad. Um, so, I mean, things just broke down. Uh, I was stumbling, bumbling all over the place, and <laughs> luckily found my feet, found my footing an inch or two behind the line, and just, I mean, basketball is an opportunistic game and just made the most out of that one, I guess. You weren't going to – there was nobody else open or passing wasn't in your mind once you got your feet under you? That wasn't even a thought anymore, right, when Bronson wasn't open? Well, I, yeah, I mean, there's two, there's four seconds when I was looking up, and I I had a good lane to the rim, and I was taking the shot because I figured if I miss it, we're going to have a couple enough seconds on the clock maybe to tip it out and get another one. Um, so I wanted to get get a shot up as quick as possible, and lucky enough I found, found the way, but – it would have been nice if we'd have pulled one out, <laughs> pulled one out after that shot, obviously. Yeah, and the championship belt move was that something that just in the moment you said, "I got to give uh, a shout out to Aaron Rodgers." Take me through that. No, I, I was talking. I talked to Aaron before the game a little bit, actually. And <laughs> he told me, he told me, I want to see a belt, and um, obviously, I'm not just going to throw a belt on, <laughs> throw the belt on after a standard play. Um, so, I mean, the way things happened, 
obviously it's a pretty big moment. Emotions got the best of me, and I just reacted. Um, so I looked over, gave him the belt, and gave him a little point, and I saw him, and he was sitting next to Andy North, and those two just started cracking up, I saw. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, he almost fell over, Zach. You almost, you almost like literally knocked him over with that. Well, that's that, that's pretty special. Um, obviously, QB1, I'm a big fan of his, and uh, it's been cool to kind of build a relationship with him over the years as he's been a Badger fan, obviously, for a while now. And then uh, with Sam being my best friend, and those two kind of have been talking, I mean, since Sam was obviously making big plays here and just to kind of step up into his, his role has been pretty special. It's one of the great moments of all time, Zach. I mean, it truly is. And then even in the overtime, um, when you guys build that five-point lead, um, it, it evaporated to the way the game works. At the end of regulation, their lead evaporated, and you hit the shot to force the overtime. You had a lead. Yeah. That evaporated. But I, I was watching you as I've watched the playback uh, a few times. Your gasp and double over when Chioza's shot goes in. Can you recall that that instant in which you knew that it was just done? Yeah, um, this this is sound weird, but eighth grade. I remember <laughs> I remember playing a game in eighth grade when I we lost on a buzzer beater, um, and that was like the end of my like my dreams were crushed right there in eighth grade. Um, and now here we are, how many however many years later. Uh, on the biggest stage, and I, the same shot is going up through my head, and it feels like the balls in the rim or balls in the air forever. Um, and it, I just like knew it was going in from my, the angle I was standing at, and I was just thinking through, through my head, "Do not, just don't go in, whatever, whatever it takes." Um, and yeah, I mean that's just a crushing blow when I see it go through the net, and so many thoughts just instantly hit my mind, and some realizations that. Uh, this was not supposed to happen, and it's a shock hit me right away, I guess I would say. You've been through seasons ending before, but never your last season. Like, what's the protocol? Is there, like, did you have to go get your stuff from the locker room? Did you have to, you don't have to watch film of this. There's no film study. There's no practice. What, yeah. What's it like, just ripping a Band-Aid off and you're done? Yeah, it's definitely different because um, there's, always, there's always that upset feeling in your mind but then in the past years it's always that excitement like okay now i can work that much harder this year to to get back and get to the final game the following year um and obviously now my situation is a little different but yeah it's definitely different i gotta figure out what i'm doing after school with my figure out agent and if i'm gonna keep playing hopefully keep playing overseas so it's definitely a new process but um like one door closes and the next door opens i guess you know, it's it's funny as Drew asked that question. Um, I asked you that question Thursday in the locker room at Madison Square Garden, and you you said that you had prepared for that part of it. That you know you kind of treat every game as your potential last because you had a brother yeah. who had an ACL injury. You, you've kind of seen some of that, so at least in that regard, you know, you went in with your eyes open. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of said sometimes a little cliche saying that it could be your last game, but I honestly played like that I felt like I never wanted to leave anything on the court um and I think when you attack every day that way you're only going to get better and your teammates are only going to get better and uh, I hope the program uh improved because of that Luke May had a big shot for North Carolina this weekend too and he made national news this morning by going to his 8 a.m class getting a standing ovation and <laughs> video went viral um yeah. I, I gotta ask did you have a class today did you go Nine thirty to two fifteen. Mondays are my busy days, so it was it was pretty brutal today, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, what what is what is where are you in that process? Will you be graduating in May? What is what is next for you, Zach? 
Yeah, I'll graduate in May with double major in finance and risk management. Um, but like I said, I want to keep playing basketball as long as I can. As long as now that people might pay me to do it, uh, I figured I'd give it a shot. And and where might that be, Zach? What what are you looking at? What, who have you talked to about? Where, if you can pick where you can play, um, Germany's yeah. nice, France is nice, Australia's nice. Where might you go? If I could pick, I would choose Australia. Um, but unfortunately, I don't think I can just <laughs> I can just pick. But my dad actually played in Australia uh, when he was done playing for Coach Ryan. Obviously, he went over and played in Ireland and Australia, um, and said it was beautiful. And then the other connection, I mean, there's multiple connections because Kirk Penny obviously is playing there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dimitri Trice, his brother Travis, is playing in Australia too. So <laughs> I got a bunch of people over there that have been there and have really liked it. But honestly, I think it's just I'm excited to to kind of travel and see what see what's next for me. I guess Zach, uh, who by the way, visiting with Zach Showalter, joining us on the Mike Heller Show, who would we be surprised to know that you heard from after uh, bowing out on Friday night? Have you heard from Bo Ryan? Who might surprise us? Um, I talked to Aaron after the game a little bit. Um, so I don't know if you guys know Shay Serrano. <laughs> he's, a, he's a Twitter guy that I've always, he's got funny tweets and stuff like that. Okay. But I, he, one of his sayings that I've always kind of, not always, but this year I've kind of like lived by is shoot your shot. He always says that, just shoot your shot, homie. Um, <laughs> and after the game, I tweeted a picture of it and I said, Hey, Shay, it didn't end how we wanted it to, but I shot my shot, homie. Um, and he responded, and it was just pretty cool just because I've kind of been following him for a while, and I just love what that shoot-your-shot saying kind of embodies. Zach, I also got to ask, as a Menominee Falls grad, are you now an Indians fan? I know you're a, you know, a Warhawk for life, but you cheering for the Indians a little bit now? Uh, that's <laughs> tough, man. Uh, I'm a war, obviously a Warhawk for life. Germantown I have had some pretty special moments with, the, with the, that blue and gold Germantown. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to a game this year to watch my dad, but I'm obviously very supportive of him. Um, obviously, he's a tremendous coach. You guys don't get to see behind the scenes, but one of the smartest, bas- probably the smartest basketball person I've ever uh, had to l- learn the game from and got the opportunity to learn from him growing up. So, obviously, I support him. I don't know if I support the colors every day. <laughs> but, uh, uh, definitely, definitely following what he- his success up through the yeah. years. Zach, you know, uh, every time a team that people are a fan of loses in a heartbreaking fashion, people give the the what ifs. What if this would have happened? Should you have? Should Wisconsin have taken a timeout after uh, Nigel makes both free throws? Should Nigel have missed the second free throw? In those what if scenarios, how do you view it? You're a player, and you come. You know, your your dad obviously knows as much of the game as anybody. You just mentioned that. Were all the what-ifs in, in order? Would you have changed anything? I think the main thing about those what-ifs are looking at the 40 minutes before that. I mean, we shot ourselves in the foot so many times, whether it be fouling three-point shooters or turning it over. You can't – everyone's going to look at those last – that last minute of the game and say, hey, we could have done this, done this. But we had so many opportunities to, to pull it out. But, I mean, going back through the years, Wisconsin fans, it's been rough. We've had a lot of – most losses, uh, I would say, but I think we've also had our fair share of the ball bouncing our way in those in those games too. So um, obviously, you want it to go your way more than more than it goes the other way, like what happened the other night. But um, I think we've had our fair share through the years. Speaking of that, what's your favorite memory uh, of playing these last few years with the Badgers, and, and what will you miss the most? Do you think? 
I think before before the shot, I, well, I mean, I didn't have too much time to appreciate it. <laughs> but I think before that was the Xavier, the Xavier shot by Bronson. Um, just with how far that team had come last year after a rough start and then the coaching transition. Um, and once again, people kind of writing us off a little bit, but that team attacked the NCAA tournament last year with the, with the mentality that we were going to win and kind of impress some people and show them what we, show them the talent that this team had. Um, and I think that win really uh, meant a lot to this program. What time? I, I mean, I know because I was it walked up uh, the escalator just in front of you guys. But take us through that trip back to the hotel, and then you've got family and friends in in the lobby. Uh, are you able to sleep? I mean, how did the rest of Friday night go for you, or Saturday morning as it was on the clock? Yeah, it was brutal. Um, Ten. I don't. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of those 10 p.m. starts. I can tell you that much. Um, but yeah, I don't even know what. I didn't really. Check, check the time much, but it was late getting back to that hotel. It was like 2 a.m. Yeah, a little know, after, yeah, about 2.15 or so, yeah. 2.15, yeah. So I saw, I mean, all the families were up yawning, <laughs> giving us hugs because they had to, I mean, they, they'd stayed up all day too, obviously. So got back to the hotel, just talked to my family for a little bit and saw all the other families. And then I didn't, I was just on my phone, on my phone and then hanging out with my roommates until about 6 a.m. And then we woke up at 9, had breakfast and got back on the flight and headed back home. I'm curious because we asked this question of uh, of Josh and Sam and Frank from a couple of years ago, and you too probably as well, um, if they had watched back the Duke game. Is this a game that you'll watch back? Will you just watch the moment? Are there other things that uh, – are you that person that will watch that game back? I think I will. Um, I don't, not anytime soon. Like I know Nigel didn't watch that Notre Dame game from last year. And I don't think Bronson did either, but I kind of, when I watch games, I watch them more as, as motivation stuff, especially if they don't go our way, um, just because we're that close to, to getting to that next level um, in the lead eight to, with a great opportunity to go to the Final Four. I mean, it's, it's bitter, obviously. I'm so, still really, very salty. Um, but I think I'll go back and watch it. And there's, some good, there's a lot of good things that happened in that game that um, I'll definitely be able to reflect on. Good guy, kind of the heartbeat of that Wisconsin basketball program, and there will be a transition. It's going to be a significant transition without Vito Brown, without Nigel Hayes, without Zach Showalter, without Bronson Koenig. Last year they brought all of the scoring back. This year all but Ethan Happ's scoring essentially goes away. And so much will be asked, so much more will be asked of uh, Alex Illikanen and Khalil Iverson and Charles Thomas, who we didn't see very much of this year, and Aleem Ford, who's a redshirt freshman who you haven't seen yet. How about some of the freshmen coming in? I mean, yeah. how much will we see of them? You know, it's something I haven't really reflected or thought about yet is next season. I've just kind of reflected, I, I guess, what I'm saying on this past year in the game on Friday night. But when you think about all the firepower they're using, you know, when when – Kaminsky and Decker left, you still knew you had Koenig and you had Nigel Hayes and you had this guy, Ethan Hamp, who might be able to do some good things. And there was still a lot there that you were excited for. I don't know if I feel the same way as far as, okay, I I know these guys can come in and and fill some of that void. And so that, to me, as a Badger fan, just for the first time really thinking about it, because I've thought more about this season than next, it's kind of scary. It's kind of a scary thought, the unknown for next season. Yeah, and this is the this is the biggest transition in a long time uh, where Wisconsin basketball is concerned because, yeah, Kobe King, Kobe King, Nathan Reavers, Brad Davison, 
uh, they all come in to join guys that you haven't seen before in Aleem Ford and others that you have, and Demetric Trice and Illicanen and Thomas and uh, Khalil Iverson. Shoot, and Ethan Happ is going to be he's going to come in as uh, the most touted player on the court at all times. Still waiting for Happ. Hit the free throws, extend the shooting range. Like Happ could be even more dangerous if he was able to do those two things. Yeah. I mean, imagine that. Imagine if he can draw a defender away from, I don't know, outside the paint and able to be a threat to knock down one of those shots. Yeah, oh and then uh, you know, uh, you know, their Brevin Pritzel is a kid that I, they love, uh, and he played some minutes in that game on Friday night. But his shot—he's—he's he's a spectacular shooter. Yeah. We just haven't seen it in a game yet. That's exciting, I guess. Yeah, Pritzel. Maybe he'll be that next guy who comes in, the next Ben Brust to come in and hit some threes yeah. or something like that. So, it, listen, the, the team will be—they're going to be a good team. Uh, we'll just—but it's a big transition. Big transition. It, it, the, the class that comes in is ranked in the top 20 in the country in Reavers and Davison and Kobe King. Kobe King can play. Kobe King can play. Watched so, a little bit of him on uh, on TV during the state tournament. I watched him in person at the Cole Center uh, in the, the Friday game. And I know on him. TV. Uh, oh, what? <laughs> I was trying to one-up you. Oh, I see. Like, I watched it on TV. Oh, I watched it in person. Well, oh, I know him. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. I don't know him. I know what you're doing now. Uh, hey, we'll be back in tomorrow uh, on the program. Jeff Patrikas will join us tomorrow. So will Lamont Paris, Badger Associate Basketball Coach. Talk to you tomorrow on The Mike Heller Show. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.